we are life. Um, so, uh, welcome, uh, Jens Divik. Uh, welcome to the Frito Show. Thank you. My name is Frito. Uh, I have Jens Divik here. I'll have a small introduction for him before we start uh, chit chatting. Uh, Jens is a designer specialized in global collaboration and local manufacturing. He works with emotional connections between people and products and aims to create services and products that help make those connections meaningful. Uh, in April 2013, he concluded a two-year research world tour where he worked at uh, open collaborative workspaces in all corners of the world. Jens dreams to make a living from an open and sharing design approach and his research into open and design and personal manufacturing is aiming to realize this dream. He's currently, uh, currently establishing a fab lab in Oslo, which he will run next to his design studio. Uh, you graduated cum laude from the Design Academy in Eindhoven and uh, uh, you're associated uh, and located uh, with Bitraf and Hackerspace in Oslo, where you have your own shop. And uh, furthermore, uh, he co-founded uh, the Felleswerkstatt, uh, a pimped version of a fab lab which combines uh, the fab lab model with analog production and large-scale fabrications. So now we have that out of the way. Yes. Yeah. As I said, I'm trying to uh, do a bit more introductions, <laughs> do a bit more research into 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 what people do. Because so far it's been uh, it's been very spontaneous and and uh, more of a conversation than than an interview. <laughs> But welcome. Glad. Thank you. We planned this for a long time. I think the first time I asked you was at least half a year ago. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Happy to be here in your studio. Yeah. It's a good setting to be interviewed in. Yeah, welcome. This is the first uh, pimped studio. <laughs> studio is just redone, so it's uh, it's a lot nicer to to be here. And uh, uh, one reason why I wanted to have nice for other obvious reasons also to have a nice space to do the things like this to chit chat about stuff um we we met when did we meet we meet we, we met quite quickly after you moved to norway didn't we i think so yes i don't remember who introduced us to each other i'm not quite sure but it might have been the first time was the when i organized this event on how to create a successful fab lab in oslo that was the uh, refinement club yes. right yeah that's yes. right that's where we met yeah that's true yeah yeah and so at that then time i was a mission accomplished no? yeah hooking up with relevant people uh, yeah for uh, succeeding in that goal right yeah no and i i just recently started as a working a, at the at the academy here in oslo with the cnc workshop so uh, so it was the same for me to get get to know people in the field who actually uh, know more than me about this stuff because you might be one of the persons who know most about about these digital fabrications uh, uh, here here in Norway can I be so bold and say that or uh... Uh, well, maybe, I think maybe not specifically the the knowledge of the of the tools but more the combination of knowledge and experience mm -hmm. so being you know working as a designer and an artist and a teacher and a researcher mm. combined with this sort of deeper knowledge and understanding of these machines but also the world of design and designing on the computer and so on that i think that puts me in a fortunate position mm. so it actually is more the combination of the 
social skills and the design creative skills and technical skills that mm. that uh, that makes you uh, unique <laughs> yes probably if i may say so yeah. <laughs> uh, no because uh, uh, i saw i saw your movie as well the the documentary you made about the the fab lab movement and the research project you did when did you see it um you sent me a link I, I think even the first time uh, we met, but then it wasn't even. I, I don't think it was finished yet. But you no, said so, no. you sent me the trail the trailer. I think mm. so. And then as soon as it came out, I I, I checked it out. Nice. And, uh, yeah. So uh, where you flew over the world and where you basically were putting your mouth, you know, were putting your how do you say your uh, practice what I was preaching. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that one. Was something your food where your mouth is? No, your mouth where your food is, or no? What, what is this saying? Your money where your mouth is, isn't it? Something, something with mouth and something putting. Uh, anyways, yeah, as you said, uh, <laughs> preaching what you uh, uh, living what you preach. And you did that just shortly after you graduated from the design academy, right? Mm, one and a half years after. Yeah, yeah. So it was. Uh, it's very. Easy. It was. A, First, not very calculated choice, but later sort of a very conscious choice to, to, I realized that there was a lot of things I didn't like about how you, this was sort of a conventional way for a designer to go from having an idea, yeah. refining that and then implementing that into society and the hurdles that you need to overcome. Yeah. But I realized, and also the, the, the sort of the business model, the way society rewards creativity But I thought in order to, before I try and change the game, it might be handy to, to learn to play the game because you don't learn the financial side of creativity in school. No. So first... You think, first, you think that is a, a miss or is that a um, a benefit? That's a story on its own. And like everything in life, positive and negative, because mm. education is supposed to be a bubble, right? Mm. In a way that, that in, that's almost one of the core strengths of education is it's not real life. Mm. So you, you can be in a bubble, but at the same time, yeah, if you're only dealing with creativity and you get that smack in the face. That, so my conclusion to this, I had lots of conversations about it, is I think to a certain degree this, the school should teach you what they haven't taught you. Because mm. if, you, if you spend a lot of... First of all, the designers don't want to learn about this anyway. Yeah. So you, you're trying to teach something to somebody that they don't know they need to know. So it's you, tough you, anyway. And then you need to, basically, you need to have less of another class, right? Yeah. So but you, you're referring you, to the business side now or to the... Yeah. Yeah. Because hmm. yeah. I think I, I recently changed my opinion on this. Because first I was of the opinion that, yeah, you should learn all these practical sides too because they make your practice easier, mm -hmm. right? You have less, you have more time and more energy for your creativity. But uh, the other the other side of that story is you know, there's very few a few times in life where you have the opportunity to just focus on developing ideas, and in the end, ideas is uh, uh, which which uh, uh, you know which why I'm so fascinated in what you're doing all the time because you know you're idea driven, right? You're developing ideas. You you go go further because to make a product, to produce a product, is the is let's say the boring part, you know. Mm -hmm. Because then, by then, you have figured out everything. You already. solved it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you solved the, the the puzzle already. And but to come to that idea, you know, you need you need space and time and and a certain kind of frame of mind, which which in in ideal cases you get into in education. Yeah, I think you know it's it's similar to 
practicing sports when you do uh, movement in slow motion practicing so mm. when you do it in competition or actually practicing that sport you do that in full speed for instance a golf swing or stuff like that yeah so then you know that that long painful creative process in school that you know that that's a that's doing it in slow motion and that mm-hmm. prepares you for doing that at a higher rate later yeah. uh while hopefully being able to also because find the, time to do things slowly of course because the business side you have to find out anyway and that's yes. a that's a thing that society forces on you and you force yourself on you it's a bit like growing up you know you yeah. just got to deal with it um, mm. but then that's why i say you can teach students what you haven't taught them mm. so there's a difference between completely ignoring it or acknowledging that it's there and and communicating openly to the students that you have chosen in the curriculum not to focus on that but that will be relevant to the profession no so mm-hmm. you are missing this knowledge so i was quite lucky to 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 hear about this book called designers are bankers yeah which was written by a, a, some something something lee a, a british designer who wrote this to design students trying to prepare them for real lives and 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 basically avoid them behaving like bankers when they you know entered society so that reading that during my graduation already put me in sort of frame of mind that I already knew I was lacking this knowledge. So that was no surprise to me that I lacked that knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, but to come back to your question, uh, I didn't directly go off after school. I I did practice professionally as a designer, as a design consultant for one and a half year, Mm. which I think uh, made a big difference for for the research project I did. Yeah. So basically I put my own, all my own sort of, ambitions as a designer things I wanted to research on whole yeah or worked on it a little bit described the idea saved it for later and then called myself a freelance design prostitute yeah <laughs> so we, we, you know whatever project came along as you long did. as it wasn't yeah. manufacturing weapons or something then mm. then I would take it on and I got a surprising amount of really nice project but that was really healthy to learn all this yeah, business side of things so that's yeah. in the beginning it was just like oh I'll do a freelance a bit until the graduation show and then see what I do. And then I realized like, hey, I'm going to keep doing this because it, it 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 will teach me what I need to know in order to practice the way I want to practice. So I didn't, I, I, I very consciously chose not to practice design the way I aspire to practice design right after school, but to mm. keep gathering knowledge and preparing for, uh, you know, to improve the chance to actually be successful at it because I knew it was very ambitious. Yeah. yeah. Because you in in school you already had had these ideas or, or you had already a, an, as you said a discomfort of how things were. Yes. Uh, so you already had an idea. Hey, I wanna, I wanna find out this way. Or how how did that work? Yeah. So I, I like realized that. Yeah. So I had a classic sort of sort of social environmental awakening during my studies. You now when you realize like. It's great making pretty stuff or functional stuff or, you know, improving the ergonomic candle of a vacuum cleaner and all this stuff that mm. that might seem really important. But then at one point you realize, like, wait a minute, the world is completely fucked up. And by doing this, I want to complete contribute to fucking it more up. And then I was mm. like, what's my... And all this, you know, how do you deal with social issues, environmental issues, life, child choices, and so on. And, and then I, I also noticed that that students who were graduating at my school who dealt with these themes, mm-hmm. those those ideas never went anywhere beyond, you know, uh, a story. Mm-hmm. While 
one of the sort of things I admire the most in design is that it's something people can live with. Mm. So unlike art, which tends to be, it's not always, but very often it's sort of either exposed in the gallery or in a catalog or in a movie, mm. or you sort of observe it. Uh, but then, the, the, then art you can in the design you can live it. But then, if you mm. all these, if you these good stories, they end up in a gallery. They end mm. up in an inspiring Vimeo clip, mm. where you know the ashtrays and the and the and the chairs and the and the lampshades and all these mm. these things. They have a much higher chance of actually entering the market. Mm. So the bigger, the bigger potential for your design project to have a positive impact on humanity, the harder it's going to be to bring to market. And yeah. that is not. Really cool. Huh? No, that's uh, that's l less cool. Uh, uh, but so then, then you started traveling around, right? And uh, uh, you traveled to Africa, to Japan, to the north of Norway. Um, you traveled to uh, uh, I think the one Netherlands was also featured. Was there? Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I'm, I have a well, bad memory, so you have to help me there. Well, uh, yeah, basically, like. I had to select certain stories that would tell the best. So I couldn't really talk about everywhere I went. Mm. But it was also all, all the, uh, you know, all, all the continents except, uh, or all the parts of the world except Antarctica. Yeah, because it doesn't have a fab lab or... <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, that, that, was, that was really nice. And, and, and that was quite conscious choice to start close. And as I'd studied in the Netherlands, I thought mm. I would visit this fab lab up north in Norway first. Mm. So I gotten to know the Fab Lab in Amsterdam, but then uh, and then worked my way out, and then consciously chose to end in Africa, the last. No? So mm. it was like Europe, Asia, and North America, South America, and and more Asia and and Oceania, and then in the end, Africa, mm. uh, because then I would have the highest chance of being able to contribute and mm. and, uh, and and share network, share expertise, and so. Because mm. how do you feel feel? Because the Fab Lab is a is a concept. If I remember correctly, it's um, developed by MIT. Yes, in collaboration with people around the world, but and they have been uh, they, part been, of it. They've been the initiators, and from there it grew into this this uh, international thing. But how how well connected are they in practice? The labs. Yeah. Yeah. So this is this is interesting because the whole point is in it's a network. No? Mm. But like any beautiful idea, it sort of gets diluted. Mm. And like, if you ask people what the Fab Lab is, they give you different stories. If they ask you, they ask people how the Fab Lab started, they give you different stories. No, it's almost mm. like but nobody really knows. Mm. But uh, the real potential is in connecting the people, and then and there is quite a fair going on. Uh, but it's it's only sort of scraping the top. No? It's it's mm. it's, it's a large, very large untapped potential there. Mm. But then what they're doing far better is connecting people on the local level, being a hub where people yeah. meet and so on. Yeah. That's really successful. Yeah, yeah you know, this uh, we talked earlier, you're, you're part of the Felisvex that, and part of the initiators and, and, and all that. And uh, uh, since I work at the academy, I get a lot of students who, who are done. And you know, today there was, a, was a, a girl coming by again and saying, hey, yeah. I really miss fab, uh, you know, the Felisvex, uh, you know, a place to produce. It's really there's nothing out there, mm -hmm. right? So uh, uh, I think there's a huge, huge demand for that this local network to produce and to. But I'm just I'm uh, just thinking out loud, right? The, the reason why I ask how how did these networks work? Because they're loose open networks. Because the people who use these these uh, Felisvex or Fab Labs, you know. They let's say they they suddenly have a weak time, so they do a project and then they disappear for a couple of months again, right? Mm 
and because uh, they have to do a day job or they have to they travel or they don't have any inspiration or whatever reason they have um but so it so it's a how i would imagine it is and i said i'm, I'm just thinking out loud here is is it's quite a loose network you know sometimes it lights up and then it goes on slumber again is that a is that a fair description or how does that uh... no because then you describe it as one organism that this like million organisms and some are slumbering and some are awake and sometimes at the same time sometimes not and there's always chatter yeah, but... and there's always something hmm. but then yeah, the amount of international participation participation for a lab is of course varying but hmm. it's the people who create the lab who sort of facilitate and connect you know yeah, they introduce the, yeah, yeah. their users to this network if they don't do that well if they don't connect themselves then it's tough right yeah and also sometimes you get power users that keep coming back and yeah. so on and so on yeah but uh yeah the sort of classics are the beauty beauty and strength strength where the 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 fact that there is no top-down organization or committee mm. or rules mm. or all these things then that that creates also uh, dilution but also a sort of beauty of uh, open structure yes yeah, so, so so you could maybe describe it more as an organic uh, a network yeah or a great experiment yeah mm. i think it's it's quite fascinating but um we 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 touched on it on the way to the studio already over because uh, then you have like these networks network highways available where you can exchange information and stuff and you you portray that quite nicely in in your in your video where you know that the the african fab lab was looking for stuff to sell to tourists you know so they came up with this flipper this uh, the this uh, i say this um flipper design no like um, um slippers slipper design but they didn't come up with it right that's no, the no. Whole point. no 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 so they get, they got the design from japan and then uh uh if I make mistakes, just tell me, because as I said, my memory isn't that uh, <laughs> consistent. Let's say like that. Perhaps I should tell the story. You tell the story. Let's do that. Yes. Of course. Uh, Sounds good. There's a danger of a used carsman, used sale car salesman, yeah, tone yeah. of voice, because this is a, it's a popular story. Mm. But uh, those are one of the experiments or, or sort of things that happened during my research travels. Uh, that's been the most sort of resonating with people because it really mm. highlights the potential. Mm. And so down in Africa, they they were they were looking there for alternate ways to carry some funding because they uh, were they were low on funding for the lab, mm. and uh, they wanted to do, create leather products. So so because what what was actually kind of interesting was during my travels, I wouldn't say like hey let's do this mm. or I'm here to teach you this but, mm. but uh, try to have a more open approach where I would say this is what I'm researching mm. this is what I, I can do and how can I help you so mm. can I do a workshop for you guys teach you something can I help you out with projects so then they actually themselves came up with like yeah we would like to do letter products and mm. then luckily I'd already been to fam to Japan during my, 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 my research tour and worked with people in FabLab Kamakura in Japan mm. Where they have, that's the fab lab in the world that's been the most successful in combining digital manufacturing technology, yeah. which is a fab lab is, is also about, right? Creating access to digital manufacturing technology. Yeah. With, with analog techniques and craftsmen. So they actually have the craftsmen coming in and, and mixing this. Yeah. And then these letter craftsmen running his own their studio called Koluska. 
Yeah. And Naoki Fujimoto, he, uh, he had designed these beautiful slippers and made them there and he had done some successful workshops. So I told him about it and said maybe they wanted to share the design with us. And, and, mm. and of course they wanted to. Yeah. So they hadn't actually already gone to those extra, like the lengths of open sourcing it or share, publishing it openly, but they were willing to, to share with us when we asked. Mm. And I want to come back to that part later yes. when you're done telling the story. And then uh, they sent the design files and that's the whole the beauty, the whole potential is that digital files, right? Bits and bytes yeah. fly so easily to Africa, right? Just an email or yeah. upload. Uh, we got some letter, we, we put the letter in the laser cutter, the laser cutter with, you know, digitally robot control laser cut out this pattern. And then we had uh, this really nice design for leather slippers. Yeah. And then, you know, the story goes on how we kept modifying this and yeah. adapting it, you know, slippers into sandals for a local climate, yeah. engraving the sort of mud crack pattern of typical sort of roads in, in, in Africa yeah. or riverbeds. Cause so we could tell the tourists that if they walk on the slippers, they will forever walk on African ground. Yeah. And also Barack Obama's grandmother's living yeah. close to the lab. And they said, you want to go and talk to her? I say, you know, we're makers, not talkers. Yeah. <laughs> Let's make her a present. So yeah. then, you know, we downloaded an image of a grandson. Yeah. Engraved the Barack Obama whole poster onto those slippers. Yeah. Made a soul from fish leather from Lake Victoria. And, yeah. and, and then that became also a symbol of how you can use these technologies to create stories no? mm. and personal experience and, and unique universes no? because that's one of the strengths of the digital design is like it's transferable so what somebody has ca carefully calculated and drawn suitable for foot and folding and stitching mm. can easily be transferable and built further upon but also customizable to create a unique story no? so, mm. yeah. so that it shows in many different ways the, the potential mm. Mm. Yeah, no, but that's uh, yeah the poster story huh? in mm -hmm. in a sense. Yeah. But it, it and then, and uh, who, who could have planned that, right? Mm. It just happened. Mm. But with sort of knowing sort of what you're interested in. Yeah, but, yeah, but it but it happens because because you also facilitate the logistics, right? Because you you have the uh, dedication and the funding and the, and the mean like the mental means or whatever means to go around the world to all, visit all these fast labs. And make also personal connection, right? Yes, exactly. Because, because uh, um, uh, I think still, you know, no matter what, the personal connection is still the strongest. You see it that you know with, with social medias like Facebook, which are somehow declining. You know, people use it less and less because, you know, it's not the same, mm -hmm. you know, and it's not the same. It's an it's a newspaper on on your friend's life, right? But it's not their life. It's not their the real interaction, you know. And 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 the the face to face interaction in that sense uh, is is in that sense or sharing sharing experience, you know, like a physical experience is still the 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 I say the top dog. Yeah, and it can be it, and it can be beautiful. Like in it can kickstart a collaboration mm -hmm. that then continues mm -hmm. over distance, right? You collaborate as if you're in the same room, but you're in different sides of the world. Mm. That's really easy because you have met in person mm. or all the way around that you found that you found each other across the world and you end up meeting in real life because yeah. of this collaboration. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and, or, or you overwork all the local with people and, and you share stuff, but you have no idea what people do with it. Mm. Uh, so there's all this, all these possibilities. But yeah. That's, uh, that's what I want to go back to, you know, the, the sharing part of your designs, right? Uh, I make a lot of small designs here and there, which I just 
do in between uh, as the, the rocking horse as I mm. showed you and stuff like that yeah and you know I'm I'm perfectly willing to share these because I as I said I I don't really believe in owning your ideas mm -hmm. as well and and uh, um, but you know how how do you do that how, how do you share your ideas if you have you know you have a I say a file and and mm -hmm. how can you implement that easily that that it's accessible and that it's uh, uh, um, yeah, what are the channels for that? So it does require effort. So that's the challenge. Yeah, yeah right? sure, sure. So, so but, you, but you, you, you have to do less projects because you spend more time sharing. Yeah. Uh, but there's plenty of, of different websites and portals. And I started out just using my own website because yeah. I couldn't really find a proper platform. Mm -hmm. And and then there's a challenge. There's been a few good websites, but they've been bought up by large, aggressive American corporations. Yeah. Uh, so that feels a bit sort of contradictory no? yeah. to, to, to sort of feed them. Yeah. So I started using the most popular site for open software for code, GitHub. GitHub, so yeah. It's, I heard. it's, it's I heard not entirely it. neutral, but it's it's more neutral than a lot of the other alternatives. Thingiverse is very successful, yeah. but it's owned by, by perhaps the most but, aggressive mm. uh, 3D printing company out there. So they enforce patents and kill competition by IP law while creating a platform that where they thrive because uh people are sharing you know yeah. so, so yeah. i don't i wouldn't no, but like, i don't want to take part in that you know i asked this not only only for me because you know I, I find my ways around if i really need to if i want to but that's what i'm saying because I've, I've been on thingiverse and i've i've downloaded stuff and tried out stuff on there but uh, um I'm always, this is maybe just a personal, uh, I say, uh, distortion, but uh, I'm very sensitive if if it's not an easy or pleasant experience. Mm -hmm. And pleasant also means that you know that you don't have these stories behind you, behind it. Like there's like yeah. this, yeah, what you said is aggressive uh, 3D printer company who, you know, is trying basically to steal as much market as possible and, you know, trying to be the dominant, dominant force, right? Being very successful at that too. Yeah. And of course, that's uh, yeah. Well, we shouldn't name names, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. we passed that. I think since yeah. we're talking about a certain website. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, but nonetheless, but, it, it, the, the the but this is a bit like being on the internet in 1995, you know. Yeah. Uh, so so I wouldn't worry too much about that. You know, that will come. Yeah. Definitely. But that, that, I've been waiting since 1995 for these things to come. Yeah, but then you know how many people could afford a computer in 1995 versus a digital fabrication machine, mm. and then look at the situation today. You know, but what I'm I'm meaning the platforms which are used for the sharing are still, you know, basically basically the same platforms which you had in okay maybe not 1995 but around 2000. So they haven't been, you know, they're. Yeah, it's not really true. Really. No, it's been this a is a huge per, I've, I've been uh, saying this is a personal. Yeah, personal no, I think thing, this has right? been a tremendous development and it's going to keep growing. But the problem is that the, there has not been the same amount of, you know, you know, you had access to digital cameras to share photos, video mm. cameras to share movies, uh, and, and just, you know, web publishing platforms to share text and so on. And mm. everybody could afford a computer or many people in the Western world mm. could afford a computer, but very few could afford 
the tools necessary to do digital manufacturing or access to it. Very, mm. So there's pure demand driven. Mm. Now, a lot of these patents has expired for a lot of the machines mm. and the prices go down and the, and new, Competition new, new com- up, yeah. comes in and people make different types of machine for different people, different quality. Well, and well, then the, the demand grows, right? Yeah. So well, in that I'm, sense, it's, I'm like, not, it's, a, I'm not it's a bit refer- of a boring discussion, no, Fido. You know, but I'm not referring, uh, I'm not referring to... to um, the possibilities of 3D printing. You know, I'm I'm talking about the platforms of sharing. Yeah, your, so, your so I'm saying like that's it's all it's all get, it's getting better and it's it's gonna keep getting better. Mm. So that's mean what I mean with boring. You know, like mm. you know, like uh, why has it not gone faster? Is 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 not super interesting question. No, no yeah. but it, it not it, only it, to criticize my interviewer. But. Uh, no, you're perfectly <laughs> perfectly. Uh, first of all, I'm not your interviewer. <laughs> Uh, second of all, you're perfectly uh, uh, welcome to. <laughs> no, but uh, uh, yeah, I see your point. Yeah, but it might be it might be an interesting question. Why is why is there not more development in this? And there's also control and and but the investment because it's expensive to make this platform. So who's going to do it, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, you know, the example I often bring to to play is like I, I talked to my brother. I think in two. 2000 or 2002 or three said hey i want to have a phone where you know all my music is in i got you know i got enough storage to you do i can just do my stuff on there right he said that's never going to (laughs) happen right five years later the smartphone came yeah you know and we had that plus much more right and um uh but that's the thing, you know, we go forwards and then we go backwards because then you have a phone, you know, it took like ages for it before internet on the phone was at a reasonable speed, right? The same thing which we had with computers that it was like, it took forever before anything loaded. So, you know, of course it goes forward, but, you know, it often goes a step backwards too again, right? And I feel yeah, with so these sharing... Yeah, expectation, right? Yeah, maybe. But, you know, with these sharing platforms... I mean that's why I'm asking you because maybe yeah. there was something new now which which hmm. was exciting and working and yeah and, yeah, yeah. And that's a good question I don't know this not as far as I know nothing very exciting uh, so yeah. far where it's like hey this is well, this there's a increasing amount of people working on it and missing yeah. on it and 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 so and perhaps it's going to be more sort of distributed that what you need is the search engine not the platform that's probably the answer right so. mm. yeah and and but that search yeah yeah maybe that. Mm. But uh, um, and it's a bit random, like life itself. You yeah, pick yeah. up something there, something here. So maybe there's not like one portal for it all, you know. No, sure not. But I mean, uh, uh, there's not one portal. But you know, we all use Google, for example. Yeah. Yeah. We which is all... not a portal, right? Huh? Mm? So it's it's not a portal. It's a portal kind of... to information. It's yeah, 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 yeah. But it's but it's like you you have a specific query and then it comes up with stuff. It's mm. not like it introduces you to. No, no, no. It 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 doesn't give you any any. You know, it gives you what you want, <laughs> and it, it's getting smarter in kind of figuring out what what to make you, you want certain kind of stuff. Or I don't know how you want to say that, but that it it's getting smarter in knowing who you, what you want and what you don't want, and and thus limiting stuff you don't want, and thus maybe you know less exposing you to uh, to stuff you might find interesting if you just kind of get yourself into it. No, but I was just asking because, as I said, I'm I'm interested in sharing, but I'm not interested in 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 uh, uh, diving into a, a too nerdy platform because you know uh, I'm not burning enough for it to yeah to, invest a lot of time learning to yeah. master a complicated system. No? Yeah, 
because the thing is, you know, I got a file ready. I just need to upload it somewhere and know that it kind of finds its way. And and yeah, these. But then maybe the file is the least interesting thing. Maybe your description on how you got to get there, which materials you use, how you source those materials, tips for using that file with a machine is actually mm. more valuable than the file itself. That's the other thing, yeah, because you you know you you know how much things get lost in translation if you get one file to one program to another program to another program, right? Yes. Yes. You end up with quite dirty files quite often. You know, and how to clean it up and, and, and yeah, so you get a good point, you know, how to utilize these files too. Yeah. And you got to keep experimenting and, and testing mm-hmm. and then, and of course not, yeah, realistic can be sort of expectations too in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think it's also the, the mindset is maybe more important than, you know, how, how you go about knowledge in general in your life. Mm. And how you relate to knowledge in your creativity is more important than how is it like it seems to seems to be that the that that you sort of can accept that you don't need to to try and demand control of your creativity mm. and but be open for that to just just live outside of you wherever you create lives outside of your control or both inside and outside and just see what happens that that sort of taking part in that sort of flow in life is maybe more important than the specific details of how where and what and so on of course you want to help as many people as possible and make it as easy for them as possible to do something with your knowledge but just generally being a person with an open attitude to your know-how mm. and uh, and and not sort of artificially limiting who can to who can benefit from you or or uh, who gets access to your knowledge is is maybe the main that has more impact than the specific technological platforms they will change and they will get better and so on. Mm. sure yeah i mean you're absolutely right i mean uh, it is it is quite essential to to share your knowledge you yeah? it, it, hoarding your knowledge is the worst thing you can do and uh, um, but at the same time you know if you have that attitude let's say you have that attitude already you know you you share you do you do your things and you you're uh, um nonetheless i think as soon as you want to uh i think we're still very stuck in this idea that people own ideas you know that that uh, uh so now we're, we're just away from the internet but just in general like if you want to mm-hmm. say hey uh if i say i got this file you want to have it mm-hmm. you know you say yeah what should i do with it right because if by me giving you this file, I, I, uh, you, in a sense, I'm forcing my vision onto you, and you have to kind of live that vision by reproducing that vision, mm. right? Uh, literally, let's say I, I, uh, I designed a round circle. Mm-hmm. It's a opt- I say oxymoron, but uh, you know, I'm mm-hmm. a beautiful circle yeah? mm-hmm. uh, to cut out and and say here, yo, yo, now you can cut it out too. Without without me saying, hey, do you need a circle, right? Do you need this specific circle, right? And but you you got it for free, so now you have to cut out the circle. And I I feel this is this is what we talked about earlier on the way here too. It's like with the three D printing, it's a, still a bit like that, right? You got this tool which can all these do, can all do, uh, do all these amazing things, but you really don't know what to do. So you're gonna make another handle for something or or a small small part for here, but you know if it still produces stuff you really don't need. You know what I mean? Maybe I jumped too many. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of different. Maybe I jumped too many. Yeah, so, yeah. But then to come back to the circle, then of course the 
the beauty of that is you yeah yeah i can directly replicate your circle mm. and then i sort of follow your instructions and and i'm sort of yeah, sort of your your manufacturer even though i'm not making it for you but i'm making your mm. thing but maybe i need a circle for something you know mm. maybe i've been looking for a, the, the you know how how do i make a circle mm. oh that's a really interesting way of making that perfect circle or or i, I you know that that's really handy i can instead of doing that from scratch i can copy and paste that into whatever I'm working on, so I don't have to spend energy doing that from scratch because I can build mm. with your building blocks and then I, because I don't have to make that building block myself from scratch, I can build further. Mm. And then I pick, pick other people's, you know, squares and rectangles and, and so on. And all of a sudden I'm a lot further in a shorter time. Mm. And, the, 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 and, and the beauty here is that you don't need to plan for me what I should do with it. Mm. But if you are open for anything to happen with it, you might be positively surprised. Mm -hmm. And if I do something really relevant with this circle and I share that back with you, mm -hmm. then whatever you did with your circle is going to become a lot more meaningful to you than you might have thought because now yeah, my, my, yes. my personality, my way of relating to this, mm -hmm. my personal needs, my personal particular situation has brought about this other combination that you hadn't expected that might be relevant to you again, right? Mm -hmm. Or I simply made it even more round and perfect and shared it yeah. back to you. Yeah. Uh, so that's really sort of yeah, this sort of abstract talking about ideas and functions and, and all these things and uh, and it's a bit of the sort of like there's a lot of crap but there's always been a lot of crap in humanity like you 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 talked about you know earlier with you know yeah you know this great with all these craftsmen and beauty beautiful buildings and see but they also had a lot of nails and crap in the old days it's mm -hmm. just gone now mm -hmm. and 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 the same with all the writing you know it wasn't exactly Shakespeare all around no or Buck no. So, uh, and 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 then I would say when it comes to the sharing as well, you need to expect buckloads of of what you personally would call crap, mm. and maybe a lot of other people too. But some people it, it will be gold. Yeah. So this is it's bound to be noise like conversation. Yeah. No, but I think I think my frustration, my personal frustration, lies in in um, yeah. I mean the whole development. I mean if you think about it, it's five six years old that it really kind of took off, right? Yeah, that it so entered uh, uh, yeah. the fact that it, it's it's an alternative way of relating to creativity yeah. that you can and be to very open about it. And to, to that has been like really obvious for people in software, for instance, for a long time or a certain mm -hmm. group there. But now it's reached a way larger audience, and mm -hmm. some people has always been like this, and and for they don't even understand what the fuzz is, you know. Mm -hmm. And yeah. for other people, it, it's it's a threat to their existence almost. Yeah. So, so. Yeah. but it's really interesting that the yeah, technology. And changing times all of a sudden brings this to mass consciousness. Yeah. But then the people confuse this a lot and they mix open or relating to open knowledge and building openly with each other with digital fabrication. Like mm. Digital fabrication makes that even more powerful and even easier. Mm. But you can, of course, still have open knowledge in the paper way, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, but just because you work digitally does not make you open in any way. No, no. <laughs> and so people get super confused about this, unfortunately. But that's 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 also because the Fab Lab have been promoting so hard, and also the three D prints have been have, have been promoting this distortion so hard. So you know, uh, uh, don't you think that uh, uh, it's more the promotion which got out of control, and that kind of skewed the perception of a lot of people on. On, because the focus on in digital fabrication was so much on sharing, mm -hmm. because it came out of that corner of 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 uh, uh, of existence. So yeah, and to also say. maybe I would say see some people cynical use of 
of of changing times. You know, mm. Coca Cola has been very successful using the the trend of sharing in their advertising campaign, mm. whereas the core values of Coca Cola has nothing to do with sharing, mm. right? But mm. it's used very successful in their advertising campaign. Go ask them for their for their recipe. Mm. Can I learn from your business strategies? No. Uh, Maybe not. Forget no. about it. No, no, but they still say share a Coke with you know whoever. Mm. You know so. Mm. So and then same thing like you know, people pick up on this and then then that adds noise to the conversation too. Mm. Yeah. And uh, but then with 3D printers, of course, it's not that the fact that they are widely available to a much larger audience is thanks thanks to knowledge being open, knowledge being opened, right? Yeah. The the rap rap projects and so on where patents has expired. And people start to 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 develop printers not to be the most fancy advanced, but to most easy to replicate yourself, to yeah. build yourself, yeah. and 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 thousands of thousands of people around the world contribute their knowledge together, building up this knowledge pool yeah. together. So that's really like true and true made possible by open yeah. knowledge and collaboration. Now, what I'm saying, I'm uh, you know my problem is I'm too impatient. You know, it's it's nothing. As you, if you look at the development, it's it's really just a couple of years old. But also and you're too skilled in a way, right? You, but you, no, you're, less skilled people get more excited about this than people that already have yeah. the means to make. You can make anything you want anyway. Yeah. So it's not that relevant to you in that sense. Yeah. No, Unless you decide to make something else that you haven't made before, no? Well, the, yes and no. Like uh, uh, I can make everything else, but I also I also know the time the time frame it takes. You know, if I if I cut out cut out, um, I say uh, uh, a gear. Mm-hmm. By hand, just in wood, right? Yeah, I can do it on the bandsaw with a jigsaw. I can even do it with a handsaw, but the precision and the time, I could could get it as precise as um as a machine produced one, mm-hmm. but it would take me time, you know, a lot of time, you know. I mean, in a classic example of 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 artists who've been, you know, let's say cutting out. I saw this artist cutting out like these sculptures out of paper, you know, just cutting lots of things in paper and stacking them into these huge sculptures, right? Yeah. Cutting it out by knife. I mean, this is silly in this age. I mean, why would you cut it out by knife? Of course, you get the human touch, but you can program that human touch if you really want to. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know, by your parametric uh, things. You can you uh, you showed me uh, when we were in at the Bitraf um, uh, last week to take some pictures. You showed me the the shingles. Mm-hmm. You know, for this bench you made uh, mm-hmm. for you know with a random pattern. You know, and that you just program. So you can. That's the funny thing. You can recreate these imperfection with these machines. You know, this idea that your hand touch is so more valuable is an illusion. Or, or you need a hell of a hand touch, right? Um, yeah, I mean, in some, you know, I mean, so far still, if you, let's say, do a painting or... You, you know, maybe, anyway, how are you going to describe for the machine to do something? And that's have, a completely different set so of craft anyway, yeah, right? You, You're still talking about skills. Yeah, you, skills you transfer, the, like, let's say the cutting skills, yeah. you transfer to the programming and to the, the, yeah, the, to, to, the drawing skills, How do you right? talk with your robot, basically? Yeah. You know? yeah. but, uh, and that's um, a craft on its own. Mm-hmm. Sure, and not everybody has that, so of course. But I mean, there's, no, but then there's more ex- and more people can do it basic, so you need to up your game if you mm-hmm. want to be like yeah, Excel, but, right? So, so my example I wanted to give with that is that you know somebody who takes like month and month to just make one artwork suddenly can do it in a day, mm-hmm. right? And yeah, well, if you still use month and month, you're wasting your time. You are wasting your time. Uh, and uh, of course, if you if you like it for meditative reasons or whatever, you know, for your sanity or, or whatever, 
but still still you're wasting it. and this is a dangerous thing to say because you know time is relative you know yeah, time is is yeah, the point is to waste time doing that uh, of course you know there there i don't say you shouldn't do it but uh uh, uh yeah the question is what you want to use your energy on yes yeah? and how if you have the the means to be creative and to create and implement new thoughts and practices, mm -hmm. what are you trying to do mm -hmm. with what, this? What is your ambition on the behalf of yourself and the cause, world? Because the thing is, if you if you keep cutting this out and use month and month uh, of your time to create, you know, very limited amounts of work, you're a laborer in the end. You're not. So yeah, what I like about this is, it's like it, 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 yeah, in a in a way, it makes it not that special anymore or sort of makes it mm -hmm. a bit silly yeah. no and then yeah. it's then, then okay then it's time to up your game yeah oh. and this is this is i think one of the most fascinating things about the cnc machines because mm -hmm. as i said I, I can build i can build you know almost anything with my hands uh, uh, without cnc machines mm -hmm. but it takes me so much more time and and i do less complex stuff mm -hmm. because if you do things analog you know the complex stuff has a higher value because it takes more skill, it takes more time, it takes more, you know, energy, more knowledge, what whatsoever. And uh, to make these complex, you know, you still have to be able to think these complex thoughts to do them in a in a digital way, but you don't waste your time in cutting things out by hand, right? And but that also devalues the complexity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, so so the complexity you could get away with cutting out by hand. You don't get away with cutting out with a machine. Yeah, because yeah. you know. But then, You're then, but it. then, uh, yeah. But then, the society is not there in general. I would say, you know, people are still at the point where where they get they think you have a good idea just because you rendered it with realistic lighting in the computer, or mm. or the fact that you are a really good designer because you made complicated shapes. And also, so uh, we we are living with these machines and we get sort of used to that. But it's kind of interesting that most people are not right. So they're well, still well, the doing it. The machines is one thing. I think the more important thing is we are living with these ideas mm. and we're living with creative thoughts and and development of creative thoughts and and I think that's much more important because mm. the machines are just tools. Yes. You know, I mean, a CNC machine is the same as a screwdriver. Yeah, I, I always like this. I always, like people who are like anti something or or, or whatever, like heavy implants, like. You know, what if you had a version to electricity, you know? Mm. You're going to stop using power tools in your shop? There's uh, tons of people who do that. Who and just you have go a version to uh, metallurgy, you know? Mm. So you're only going to use Flintstone in your shop? Mm. You know, and, and, you know, where, where do you draw the line? You mm. know, when like, when are you going to accept that all the knowledge you use is technology? Yep. It's just some of it in where they were were born and some... Wasn't. Yeah, and, and the fact that digital fabrication technology would be retiring by now because the technology is so old. It's also pretty interesting. So it's not exactly bleeding edge, right? Mm. It's just getting accessible now. Mm. And yeah. No, but it's, uh, you know, it's just a tool. And in the end, uh, the, the, before we started podcast, I talked about uh, David Hockney. He had this, uh, he, he wrote this book or the, he did his research on, on old painters uh, uh, that they were using some kind of projection device since 1430, mm -hmm. you know? And and basically dominated the art world for for a couple of hundred years with that with the technology right, and which was you know kept secret, yeah. So nobody really so there were of course there were some mentions, but it's not kind of common knowledge, right? And this idea, okay, you know, so I say the old masters were were actually cheating, you know, is a, a 
and of course they're not cheating, but because mm. uh, he, he brought up a really nice point, it's still, you know, if you project something, you still have to paint it. Mm. If you're not skilled at painting, if you don't understand anything about composition, if you don't understand anything about material, about texture, about lighting, about, uh, 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 you know, uh, if you don't have your ideas in the right place, you're still going to make a crap crap uh, crap painting or anything right and the same goes for for digital fabrication or you know for making anything right if yeah. you don't if you don't uh, and that's and i think that's the point which brought me back uh, to to go back to the earlier conversation we had about if students uh, in 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 their education should learn about the practical sides of of um, of the world so to say <laughs> uh, you know they should learn to develop ideas they should learn to think critical they should learn to kind of you know develop yep. their 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 uh their horizon and because all the practical stuff is just tools you know it's just you know knowing how to uh how to drill a hole in a wall you know that that you can figure out yeah and and before that might require more effort than it does today because mm. you know how you really mm. the tools at your disposal and the access of knowledge to how to use those tools mm. are changing. I mean, just that you. Hey, if I have a question, if I run into a small problem with with my machines or with any tool, then I just you know you just Google quickly. Okay, how mm. does that work? And you find some forum, you find some website, you find some video which which tells you how to do something. If you have a certain constructual problem, like how do you do that? You know. You find some source to to help you with that, but and that you know, you so you don't have to go to a library, get get a book, and and go through it because there's an online library, right? Actually, that experience like that is what got me into into sort of becoming a fan of open knowledge, actually, or or deciding to contribute to that knowledge pool myself, mm. because I realized like. Because I went to this critical kind of thinking design school where I didn't learn anything technical at all. Mm. So I had to figure it out on my own. Mm. And I had such a tremendous benefit from all these people sharing things online. So for instance, Instructables, which is a fantastic site where people can mm. share, share instructions and tips on, on how to make things. And that was a great benefit. And, and also similar things with, with computer software or machines, how to use them. I would find the guides. And then I realized, like, wait a minute. If if all this knowledge helps me create at a higher level and create new knowledge and new practices, mm. and then I'm I'm getting all this free knowledge that people have been openly sharing, and I choose then to say that I claim ownership of this and I own the exclusive right, right yeah. to use this, it, it's and I I've, I've been able to do that because other people have been openly mm. sharing knowledge. That doesn't make any sense. No, that's stealing. and then and uh, and in the other way around, if I then chose to share that back, and of course that will keep in resonating and improve and it will come back to me and then not necessarily mm. the way I expect but in, in some way mm. well that's also I mean I, I work in a in a, a public institution you know so all the stuff I develop there you know is is common knowledge you know it's uh, it's the you know it's paid by the yeah. by the commune the commons so, yeah so uh, so but what I'm saying you know it's it's not that easy to to refer to the earlier part, it's not that easy to share. Yeah, because because yeah, that's, that's, that's the I mean, that's also why it's so interesting to talk to you because you you re actually researched in how do you yeah, share yeah, things. Yeah, and how I think you... also it's a bit like you know, people, nothing is easy in life. That's important. You know, it's not that easy to eat healthy. It's not that easy to take care of your family. It's not that easy to be mm -hmm. a good friend to your friends. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not that easy to increase your skill level in your profession. It's not that easy to keep your New Year's resolution. 
but like everything in life, you, you know, you need to, to start small, mm. you need to do it frequently and you just need to do it and, and, mm. and, and, and not necessarily be so worried if you're very successful at it and so on. No, no, yeah, you have, you have a very good point here. I absolutely agree. But you also need to, to find that entrance door. You know, that small door mm. which lets you into that world. And that's why we're making Felleswerk still. Mm. Because next to the, you know, the, the, the machines are almost a buy thing, you know, but mm. it's a place where people can meet, mm. where they can, you know, get to find a way to, to absorb knowledge, apply knowledge, create mm. new knowledge, share that knowledge with other people, mm. new co collaborate conversations. That's all. That's the, that's the really important part there. And of course, when people build up new knowledge, that will be a place to also document this knowledge, right? Mm -hmm. So, Felleswijkster, the next to being sort of community service, social service, but very much also professional fabrication facility, mm -hmm. helping people to raise the level of, of what they can create. Mm -hmm. It's it's also helping them with this, yep. to be a soft yep. entrance yep. into this. And that's also why I'm spending so much time researching it, yep. to, to lower the barrier for other people. Same with like... Because I spend a lot of time mastering these tools and understanding them also from a also more sort of human, social, pedagogic view, not only the technical view. Mm. Hopefully that contributes to me being able to get people with a different mindset than a typical technician mm -hmm. comfortable with these tools quicker too. You know? So, right. so hey, that's, yeah, You know, um, today I ran a safety course with, mm. with the normal machines. I do that every Monday for students so they can start using the machines, mm. right? And uh, uh, that is actually the side. How do you open up this world? How do you take the fear away of using these machines? Yes. Right? Yes, yes. Because, I mean, uh, and uh, I thought about this today again. I think about this quite often because I, you know, I repeat this every Monday. So, But uh, um, I was thinking about it like, I, you know, it's so far away that the first time I was standing in front of my first table saw, mm. you know, or hand tool or whatever, right? I've been through so many kind of, developments there and i've been using it so intensively so you know i they're extensions of my hands now and of my thoughts you know they're not they're not like intimidating tools which you know you need to master and you, you know it's like a wild horse you have to ride and you don't know how to hold stuff you don't know how to you know you don't know how to operate the thing you know you don't even know where how the machine starts mm -hmm. right and but just and uh you, you know you have that too i guess uh, you know i've come so far that you know i I only need to look at a machine and I'll I'll understand it because because I learned the language of machines yeah. and of tools. Yeah. yeah? And uh, but I also And master fear, right? Yeah. So yeah. you're not afraid. Yeah, exactly. But you have respect, which is still important. Which is which is essential, I think. First of all to use them because uh, with respect becomes that you maintain your tools well so they're, you know, sharp and ready mm -hmm. to go when you need them. It it, it means uh well, you know, I have a very personal relation with with my tools. You know, yeah. as as most people have when they work, when you work intensively, you know, you know, you know, you know all the the quirkiness. You know, the the stuff you can do with the tool and the stuff you can't do with the tool. Uh, but you know, it's uh, I've also uh, in 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 you know my de development or my 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 path. I've always been in a situation where you know I had to solve everything with a screwdriver, let's say, right? And you can, you know. But you also see, okay, uh, 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 you know, the function a tool has been given doesn't always need to be that function, right? Uh, if you and that's also the 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 I think the the tricky part with these these production tools like the digital fabrication tools is they are so expensive. So if you invest in a tool like that, they have to run 
run production to earn themselves back. Yeah, and right? it's because that is changing. We're living in interesting times, right? Mm -hmm. and, and in that sense, you, if you, you and me are working in different worlds because yeah. you are working in the old world mm -hmm. where it, none of your machines that you operate uh, cost less than twice your salary, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And and uh, and I don't have to pay for it. Yeah, but but, but for the so, machine. But now more and more people are working with machines that they can buy on a month salary or mm -hmm. two. Mm -hmm. And that then all these things change tremendously, mm -hmm. but of course that's also why we work uh, with finding ways to subsidize the access to these machines yeah. and helping people who basically makes mistake and fuck up at Felizwerkstede, yeah. so they will learn. No, uh, yeah. because the, the whole the beauty when you're outside of a curriculum, you're outside of a, another agenda, yeah. and you say like. What would you like to learn? What what is your curriculum? How would you like to explore? You come with then, a project, you have a goal, and you want to solve that. So you're you're or you're, you find it even in a yeah. way. You just come with an open question mm. or a mindset, yeah. and that or you help find that mindset even better. That that's why I love these labs, no, and mm. that's why I have a bit of an aversion to schools. Uh, yeah, I see that aversion very well because it, it you know there is a limitation within that process, and that limitation lies in in the structures of school and also but also in the mentality of students coming there. Yeah, it's because, almost like a farm for bad mentality sometimes. Mm. You know? But you know, it, it goes both ways, and Absolutely. you know, and and it's a very sensitive system, so it reacts very fast. So if things go the right way, it accelerates. If yeah, like, things like, go like having students build on each other's knowledge is yeah. the best example, yeah. right? Sometimes they're all like afraid and keeps ideas yeah. secret. Sometimes they become each other's resources, yeah. and then and it's as really soon, successful. As soon as they start sharing, it mm. starts to be successful. Yes, that that absolutely uh, absolutely right, and. Uh, and the, you know, first of all, that it's often their first first encounter with this world, right? They they come out of a probably a, a more or less kind of protected environment, at least in this side of the world, uh, you know, where you know, they didn't have to worry about too much other than you know who 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 they're gonna uh, date or who who they're gonna go to town uh, with mm -hmm. dancing and uh, you know <laughs> which clothes to buy and and whatnot, right? They didn't have to think, okay, how. How do I make stuff? How do I solve this problem? How do I deal with my own anxiety? How do I, you know, all this kind of stuff. And I don't, you know, I don't have any critique to that, but, you know, it's often their first encounter. And, uh, uh, you know, as I said, I do these safety courses, which are quite, yes. quite frustrating, quite interesting at the same time, because, you know, you do the same thing over and over again, yep. but you, you start recognizing patterns, you know, mistakes everybody makes for some reason, which are odd, right? And, but also, um, you often also see that clicking point where you say, oh yeah, I can do stuff with this. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. the spark in and, the eye and the and, little bit of the yeah, enthusiasm. You know, and that seed, you know, uh, that that is often the place where it's planted first because, you know, they come there with an interest, but they're still scared. So they have like this school structure where it's a safe environment to discover things, right? Yes, and then how you behave is so important. Absolutely, yeah. Whether or not that seed will sprout, right? Because mm -hmm. you can kill the seed. Mm. Or it can sprout, and mm. that that's, that's super interesting with this. And mm. I I try myself actually to come back to the fear part to mm. try as much as I can to remember how afraid I was of this giant CNC milling machine the first time I used it. Mm. And and if it is becoming increasingly difficult because you become friends with the machine and yeah. and and uh, uh, but it's really important to remember to be a bit humble because that's 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 one of the the worst behaviors of of skilled professionals when they get that sort of level of pride in the machines 
and the lack of empathy uh, mm. and, and compassion with people that don't have that level of comfort or insight, mm. where you it's so obvious to you, you start expecting that to be obvious for everybody. Okay. Uh, and then you see that, I, I remember at all through school, mm. all the different schools I've been going to, this 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 workshop people would would have that behavior and attitude as if mm. they know it so well so of course you should know it so well mm. and to have empathy with them that they don't know that that well yeah it's very important it's but really it's, important but it's 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 also very hard especially i mean also the longer you're in that system right because uh, as i said it's an endless repeat yeah and there's only that much of endless repeat you can take yeah yeah i can yeah. imagine so so i i'm a fair believer that there needs that, that's also another problem with with education in general is that because uh, you need both you need like some kind of consistency mm. and you need some kind of refreshment right i mean the best would be that you know like from next year on i'll be you know workshop leader in the textile department yeah, yeah i have yeah. no clue how to operate any of it right that'd be interesting Absolutely. you know and and then the, the person uh running the ceramics are going to run the CNC workshop, right? And, you know, the metal guys are going to run the ceramics, mm-hmm. right? That would be funny. It would be very expensive, but it would be funny. Yeah, but it's bloody expensive anyway. Mm. Yeah, but it would be, you know, 10 times more expensive. <laughs> yes. Because everything would break, right? But that, I actually had a... It's another anecdote from my travels, actually. It's, it's, I visited the Fab Lab at North first. He's mm. a very friendly 67-year-old guy now. Håkon started the lab yeah. up there. And and we were driving off to the airport. And I spent two weeks there. And and I said to him, you know, like, I would, I could never start a Fab Lab. I couldn't be a Fab Lab manager telling people every day how to operate a laser cutter or mm-hmm. a CNC milling machine and so on. And, you know, like the wise old man he was, mm-hmm. he was just kind of quiet and said, yeah, I don't know. And he just didn't say much about it. And then mm-hmm. uh, I came back there a year after, actually, while I was still traveling, but I came up to do some, some workshops. Mm-hmm. And uh, I told him, uh, so uh, I decided to start a <laughs> Because I had always loved mm-hmm. making things all my life, but then mm-hmm. I'd slowly discovered that helping other people make it's mm. so rewarding, you know, that mm. it's also, it's like creation by empathy, you know, by mm. proxy that you, because you are able to, to recognize that, you know, like you talked about that, that, that what happens when somebody realizes like I can master this tool and now I can make what I have in my mind, mm. you know, and, and then it's, 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 but empathy is very important because you know what they're going to make you made 10 years ago, right? And you've developed so far away from it. You know, say so you see that, and you you know which mistakes they're going to make. You know which which you know everything becomes more and more predictable. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that is a, I think that is a very very challenging part of 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 uh, well doing anything because you know no matter where you are, you're going to run into this repetition uh, issue. So like also versatile versi- versatility versus speciality, right? Mm. So interesting challenge. But even in versatility, there's a, there's a repetition. Yeah, because you're gonna. <laughs> yeah, because you're always lost, and you're always learning something for the first time. Yeah. If you're but, always working versatile, you never. But you really get become so a skilled at learning new things. <laughs> you know, you get so you get so uh, I say trained to kind yeah. of pick up things. Like with languages, forever mm. you learn this yeah. and faster learn the next one. Yeah. So so you're gonna run into repetition because that life is repetition. You know, you wake up in the morning, you go mm. to sleep at night. You know, you get born and you die. And you breathe in, you breathe out. Yeah. So it, life is repetition, but uh, 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 
but I think I think that that is the most challenging part. Also working with these these machines, I, I think they're still really mesmerizing. You know, just looking how they work and just doing these movements. And know? they're just one giant collection of human geniusness. Mm. And again, not one person, right? Mm. But thousands yeah. of people through human history, building up on hundreds, millions of people mm. have contributed. So you can operate this amazing thing. Mm. It's a manifestation of, of human collaboration. Mm. But yeah, you know, you can revel in that, that awesome, awesomity. Mm. Actually, I would yeah. like to come back to another point mm. from earlier when you talked about the machines and the value, the advantages and disadvantages and so on. And mm. what is particularly useful, you know, like cutting a cog and so yeah. on. And my sort of personal fascination with this is actually not at all in in being it's great that you can develop things better and faster but it, it's that communication part it's that sort of it enables us to be more like neurons in the network mm-hmm. at a far higher rate right and that's where that sort of love for sharing and collaboration and communication comes back because because it's so whatever i develop a knowledge with this machine today anybody can replicate around the world starting the next minute and maybe having it finished mm. in a half hour or an hour you know that's that's insane mm. and and when you start really tapping into that then we're really starting to work like global you know collaborative yeah. uh, intelligence but, but, and, and so i call them a phone it's a phone it's yeah. skype yeah. you know it's creative skype yeah. and, but and the, that's the real potential to talk about skype i i, uh, I was running a gallery before uh, gallery demon's mouth and we invited a artist called pa- Paul Payment. He was on the podcast too. Yes. A couple of podcasts back already. And um, I think I was uh, lucky to view his exhibition. Yeah, you uh, saw his exhibition. That's right. Yeah. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. You were there. Uh, so, but I know him since, uh, um, what was it? 2001 or something, right? This is one, uh, and I was Skyping with him back then because I was, you know, we were arranging an, uh, an exchange program and, and whatnot. And, as, and and he told me I was one of the first persons he was Skyping with. Mm-hmm. And I was lucky I had two, two uh, brothers who were deeply into the computer business. So I always, uh, from the sideline, I, I got all access to all these new things in a way, these new technologies without, you know, having to discover them. Yeah, you know? yeah, spend all that extra effort learning something new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, you know, I was sharing with my knowledge with my brothers, right? Yeah. And, uh, but um, uh, nonetheless, Skype, you know, even though it's a great tool, you know, it, it um, uh, you know, you still don't use it on a daily basis, right? It's not something, you know, you do it in special occasions. Yeah? Uh, our neighbors uh, are in Africa on holiday, mm. so we're Skyping with them. And then the internet connection is crappy, so it's a crappy experience in <laughs> 2014, right? Mm-hmm. It was a crappy experience in 2001. It's still a crappy experience. That's what I also mean, you know, you know okay, great. Okay, maybe I couldn't communicate with, with South Africa back then <laughs> you know, at, all, uh... at all. But, you know, now I can, but still, mm. I'm still... Communicating still... like it could with Netherlands 10 years ago, right? Yeah, it's still crappy. Yeah, it's still not like you know sharp but, crisp the, images. I think the problem and... is you take it for granted what is good. Like coming back to your phone now, we have four G on your phone. And you take it for granted. I don't have four G because I have a fair phone and, and that doesn't have four G. And yeah, but then uh, we talking about sharing, yeah, 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 you yeah. heard about the fair phone uh, thingy? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. How many percent fair? Two doesn't matter. Good start. It's one one percent more than all the others. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And it, Maybe you don't know. Huh? You don't know. No, they could be. Yeah, more fair. 
They could closet. They just, they just don't tell you because yeah. it's not open. Closet fairness. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yeah, you yeah. can Skype with the Netherlands fairly reliably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. then you take it for granted. But then you try to skip no, but it to even, South Africa. No, and no, then no, you start no, no. Even with the Netherlands, it's not flawless. <laughs> it's, you know, it's still, you know, it goes up and down quality wise. You know? But so it's it, also interesting, like Skype is Skype. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you if you if you think of it like oh it's like being with that person in real life and mm-hmm. that's your way of comparison mm-hmm. is you're always going to lose out. No 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 I I I agree I have high standards. I think if I want to have an image it needs to be you know it shouldn't be interrupted. We just have an image we talk mm-hmm. without without there being oh wait you know the image is freezing up wait a second. Again, like imagine somebody discussing the future of the telephone in the 1920s you know and I have to wait for the switchboard and yeah, it's a, a noise nuances. on the line. And all these things, and and then and then now you just call, right? Mm-hmm. I, you know, as I said, I I completely agree with you. You know, I'm I'm pedantic here, absolutely. But uh, um, uh, you know, these tools are great, but they're you know they're still developing. And again, these tools are they are also just ten years old or twelve. You know, they're they're mm-hmm. very young, much yeah. younger than the digital fabrication. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, you know, CNC machines came in the sixties, I think. It was a, a first world's first prototype in nineteen fifty two, computer controlled uh, mini mm-hmm. machine. Mm-hmm. That sort of idea came out in forty eight, but then of course you had the the loom and so on as even predecessors, right? Yeah. And then laser cutting that was starting to be used industrial in the seventies, and yeah. then, and all the patents for the, the main types of three D printing came in the eighties. Yeah. But then what's you can cite and think of all the things you don't know about now that will be relevant to you mm. in 20 years, right? And yeah. why is it not relevant to you now? Which is also a good question, right? Well, you know, if you look the move, uh, if you look at the, the movement, right? It, at the, the big pattern, you know, what we want, we want uh, what you talk, okay, you can come up with an idea and half an hour later, somebody on the other side of the world can, you know, produce it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the same thing when events happen, you know, you know instantly about it. You, you can follow it real life, real time, right? So uh, um, what we're moving at is that everything happens instantly. You have an idea, it's there. So I want to go to the point where you have an idea, you know, you voice your idea, mm. and there it is in a physical form, instantly, mm-hmm. right? And that, that is what we, uh, uh, that's what we're striving for. Are, uh, are you? N- n- not not me, but I mean in general. Like I mean, if you see, if you look at the gap between mm. how long things take, it goes shorter and shorter. You know, we want to go faster to way to be. You know, Elon Musk, the guy, the, the Tesla guy. Yeah. He just gonna he's, he announced that he's gonna build like a whatever uh, this hyper vacuum train, vacuum yes. train thing. You know, right? These ideas have been not long, you know, along for. Mm. decades as well you know but you know he probably will build it because he's crazy enough yeah you know and because it goes faster we're you know all of a sudden we can be from let's say from norway to rome in an hour yep yeah instead of this reminds me of why i tell people why how i always like how why do i care so much about the social side of these things and that is i always use an example like yeah we're getting digital fabrication where you can, in a much less effort, in a much shorter amount of time, create a very high quality product, mm. or at least we, we're going towards that, right? So, that, mm. uh, and, and sometimes yes, sometimes no. But in generally, like, you can make better things faster and cheaper and instantly around the world. Mm. Uh, okay, but then so what? 
No, the, the, and, and the same with like you can take the plane anywhere, but you can take the plane for a shitty reason, or you can take the plane for a really good reason, mm-hmm. or you can appreciate being in that plane, freaking flying at near speed of sound, you know, mm-hmm. thousands of meter ground, or you can hate it because of the stewardess or the mm-hmm. bad air, mm-hmm. and 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 it's the same with this this digital fabrication technology and creativity. It's like how do you how do you use that to create a meaningful life for you and yourself, and then mm-hmm. you come actually back to the human side, mm-hmm. and the beauty of this is. Because we've we'll, we'll been living in a world where the majority of the items, you know, in this room is made in China, which is insane. And then in this case, you are the, you know, exemption that you have actually created a lot of this stuff. Yeah, but all the uh, the MDF I use for the shells is produced probably in China. The plywood comes from, from Russia. <laughs> the canvas comes from wherever. The, you know, the wood comes from some kind of rainforest. The, uh, the electronic uh, equipment comes from whatever mm. part of the world, comes from all over the world, uh, you know, and uh, that's what, what's interesting about the Fairphone because they opened up this this yeah, map of are, how... Yeah, super important. And I think that's that's the most important thing of this Fairphone. It's not that they're fair because that's irrelevant in that sense because nothing is fair in this world, you know, because we die. But, um, uh, but the interest... Transparency. Interest, the interesting, yeah, that they, they say, okay, this is how it works. Mm. This is where material comes from. This is where it goes. These people earn money on it. We earn money on it. These earn money on it. And and this is what you pay for that privilege th- that we earn money. And, you know, this we try to improve. There we have some problems, but we can't get around there now. But we'll try to work this and this way towards a goal. And and that openness, I think, is 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 uh, the most interesting part in that story. Absolutely, not it's super not important. not that I have a phone phone uh, you know that is fair. You know, I mean, I liked I I really like the phone. It's not a it's not a it's not a good phone, but it it does what it does. It has yeah. I can put two SIM cards in it. I you know I can do everything I want on it, and yeah, not much. You know, I don't have the newest version of everything, but I don't need that. Nobody. But needs imagine that. how much you care about this because you know this story, right? And you know also about. This, there's people who's been telling you this story, right? And then the chain behind it. Mm-hmm. And that's the point I was making about... Well, we I, are I, making things locally. You connect to a network, yeah? What you're saying. At, a, at increasing level, mm-hmm. which is really interesting. Yeah. Now I'm starting to bleed in the hospital, so oh. I need some tissue. <laughs> Too much Here discussion. Yeah. <laughs> a little wine break. Yeah. Nobody, uh, as I said, what I was saying about the speeding up things, right? I mean, we have a desire to make things uh, um, or to eradicate all unpleasantness, right? And by doing that, we create more unpleasantness. That's a side effect. But, you know, in general, life on on this planet is a lot more pleasant than it was before. You know, in, let's say... Wait, what, what did you say now? Life is more unpleasant? More than pleasant yeah. now than it was ever before. Like in, let's say you were living in 1200 uh, mm-hmm. uh, BC, or be, yeah. you know, um, somebody came knocking on your village, you, you were quite sure you were going to get raped, killed, butchered, uh, tortured, whatever, right? Yeah. Now you think, oh, there's a tourist, I'm going to earn some money on it. You know, or, you know, hey, that's somebody. Great, hello. So the likeliness that you're gonna get killed by your neighbors is is less. Yeah, it still happens, but but uh, uh, if you think that we're six billion people and you know the amount of people who die in these conflicts and the area, you know, I mean, not to say that these conflicts uh, aren't bad and aren't whatever, but 
you know, uh, if you look at just uh, the statistics, I think we live in a lot nicer times. And but people yeah. are still super afraid. That's the great part. They're much more afraid because they're much more safer because they have really more time to. I really believe that you know fear is the main disease of our times. Mm. Mm. Yeah, but uh, that's also the thing. Like fear sells, so you know all the media's are are focused on on selling fear because that you know spread, that gets gets disease. the energy. Uh, that yeah, it's you know gets the energy pumping, and that energy goes towards the the fear mongers, and so yeah, sure, but. But, uh, uh, you know, that's also the thing, like, a good example, I went to Paris when there were, you know, certain strikes happening a couple of years back, right? And uh, and uh, so people were worried, oh, yeah, are you going to be okay there, you know? And I said, you know, they say there's 100,000 people on the streets, right? Paris is a city with several millions of people. So it's a small fraction of the people are on the street. You think all the other people are sitting still? Life goes on. Life goes on. Even in war areas, you know, people have to eat, people have to get food, people have to, you know, they can't sit still all the time. If it, you know, if the fighting dies down, they go frantically in the street, find some food, find some, see if everybody's all right. You know, I mean, things go on. You know, and and uh, and this misconception that you know, if something bad happens in the world, everything stops. You know, yeah. is an illusion. Although, you know, when when um, uh, uh, when Anders Breivik was shooting all the people here in Oslo, you know, uh, there was a short, short moment where, where things really slowed down, where everybody was just shell shocked, right? Yeah. Uh, I went down to to the area where where the bomb, because you know I heard the bomb, and I went downtown to just see what happens and see just seeing all people just walking confused around and all the glass shattered and stuff. It was quite impressive. Also, the day after when. Uh, this was actually more impressive the day after when, when uh, we went to the was it a meeting in uh, Ratusplassen. Yeah, the and, roses. And the... and the most important part was that everybody was walking the same way. Mm. Everybody was walking in the same direction. Nobody was walking the other way. This was, this. you know, uh, uh, you say it, it doesn't sound that weird, but you know, if you really think about it, you n- nobody walks the same way ever, right? So that was, was much more impressive than... than you know the chaos because yeah. you know? we're used to the chaos on the tv but you know like the the hyper organization after after the chaos you know that was the strange part you know? and uh so now i lost my point but uh, you can take over from here yeah there was uh, was about the fear right <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah so so uh yeah the, and and kind of this idea okay um the world you know, if this happened, the world ends. Right? I'm I'm quite interested in in conspiracy theories. I've been following them mm. for quite some while, and and but I'm interested in, in some kind of narrative. Yeah, they are a narrative, and and they're a really nice narrative because they they have implication in reality, and they're fiction, and they're real, and they're they're in the gray area, and they move in and out, and it's it's a really interesting movement if you if you look at it a bit more abstract. Yeah, mm. and you know, there's a lot of fear going on there, but there's also the counter fear, and there's a lot of you know. It's a it's a different channel of information, you know, which I think is interesting. And um, uh, uh, regardless of its uh, if it's true or not, because you know, I mean, truth is just perception, you know, where you stand and whatnot. But uh, now you have to help me again because I lost my point again. Not fear. Yeah, we're yeah back to the fear. Um, no, now I completely lost my point. It's a wine break then. Yes. <laughs>
And we can talk about fear also in the sense of openness, you know, that mm. and sharing, because there's also like what what if is often of the question, you know, like what if somebody profits from my creation without yeah. me knowing? Yeah. What if because somebody's profiting from my creation, I lose the opportunity of of using of profiting from my creation? And th- this is quite interesting because then do you choose then to focus on the what ifs and mm. that could happen, mm. or or do you embrace uh, I, the the positive parts and accept that yes, there is a danger of these bad things happen, but I think that they're going to be more positive outcomes yeah. than negative outcomes. I, I got a good example for this. I you know long long time. I think I saw an episode of As the World Turns or one of these uh, series, and it the was the world right door. Yeah, the no, I don't know what it was. Yeah, yeah the world right door. <laughs> But uh, um, where somebody actually stole an idea of somebody, uh, and you know, and they got in conflict, and this person mm. who created the thing said, "Hey, you know, I can make more ideas. You, you can't because you had to steal it, right?" Mm. And of course, that's you know, if you're good at stealing, you can keep on stealing. Of course, you know, so there were some flaws in that argument, but but there's some truth. You know, if you if you're gonna uh, hang yourself up on like, oh shit, they stole my idea, now they ruined my me forever because that was my one shot, one one chance. Mm. Yeah, you're limiting yourself, right? Absolutely. You say, okay, wow, I created this, and somebody else got the benefits from it. Okay, but I I have those skills, so I can I can do that again. There's win some, lose some, right? Mm. And then if you 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 cannot have everything, mm. and and people are in love with like lotteries are so popular, right? Mm. Completely retarded thing. I love like, it. Like, I love it. You know, it, it, and yeah, but because of the retardness, because then all of a sudden you have all this money, and and uh, the the funny part is that that your reality gets so screwed up that you you know, and most people kind of lose their money in no time because you know they can't deal with the shift of reality, right? If you crowdfund your lottery, mm. then you would win more money because a lot of the lot, most of the lottery money goes to. You know, just like foreign aid, you know, it goes to management. Yeah. And yeah. some gets paid out. Yeah. But if you did that, you know, in a peer-to-peer way, yeah. the lottery, you know, ticket would be higher. But it's something about, like, a lot of people suffering a bit, while if you profit a lot, you mm. know. And that's that's sort of the creative success stories of, of only exclusive rights to creation mm. that propels you into stardom or, you know, great, you know, millions of wealth. Mm. And then that's sort of like, what if that happened to me? Mm. And and if I share my idea that that I, that cannot happen to me, right? I gave you the other example earlier when we worked here with Steve Albini, you know, the the record producer, or like the I say the studio pro- record he producer. The album artwork, right? No, no, no. He he uh, produced the album like mm. in in utero by Nirvana and by, mm. you know other. Yeah, so he's a producer on that. A producer, yeah. So he he has the studio. He has he has the studio. So they mm. go to a studio and they record the studio there. You know, and and. He he's a yeah he's a person who says okay you know I'm I'm just taking you know this chunk of money from you guys now because that's that's a fair deal because you're you're that famous or this famous and you know that's what you pay and the rest you know I don't want points and nor the normal business that you take points as a as a as a recording studio because you know then you earn money on it and you know because of that he went you know several times bankrupt and whatnot and stuff like that but you know he's true to his uh, values. But you know, in the end, he, uh, um, you know, he puts his skills and create his records, which become hits albums. And it's not, you know, of course, it's the main part, chunk is from the band, but it's also this producer who kind of just tweaks everything to this perfection where everything starts working, right? 
because you can you know i mean you can produce an album in very different ways you know and and you know that's a creative skill too right to to get that that mix right you know to bring these minds together bring these musics together and you know make that into something something legendary and and uh, um uh yeah so there's two trains of thoughts okay you know the band you know why should his idea is like okay why should i profit from something just because i worked two a couple of weeks with these guys right well they did all the the main work and and do all the you know touring music making whatnot but uh, the other the, the other side of the argument is okay you you put a creative part to the mix too right which lives on and lives on and lives on and you know so so there's something to say for both sides right but that's a, in a way a sidetrack of the discussion because you you can totally embrace open sharing of knowledge and accept that royalties or whatever yeah. attributions are being paid back to you. Yeah. At the same time, you can also be sort of a defender of, you know, exclusive rights and privileges, mm. but you don't want any of that to come to you. Mm. But the, hey, those guys should have it, but not me. Yeah. So you can be in his value set, yet defending that band's exclusive right and uh, of ownership to that music mm. uh, so in a way you're mixing two things here yeah, although maybe, maybe yeah. although you are talking about value sets mm. and, and following your value sets these are slightly different things mm. yeah so maybe true. you get my point mm. so if, if he could say that those those guys they own the music mm. and they should have exclusive right to benefit from this music in any way and if anybody plays any sort of accord or or a tone that is too similar mm. they should sue them mm. but none of that money should come my way mm. and the mm. other way around they say like hey look, nobody owns this music but you know it, it's part of humanity we created together inspiration here inspiration there uh, we came together at a good moment we created it if you sell that music distributed it please send some money my way a little mm. bit that's possible too right yeah yeah and of course there, but that, that's the interesting thing now I think that that uh, the I say these these uh, um, this idea of ownership is changing, but nobody you know I mean everything is happening at the same time now. It's not it's not a clear deal you know as yeah. it was earlier. And what earlier. happens when these different people with very different ideas of ownership collaborate? That's also mm-hmm. quite interesting in mm-hmm. this case. Like mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. How do you how do you manage and control the different uh, uh, willingness to share? Right. Yeah, and personally, I feel very much like a. Like a calm old man, yeah. no, and like people make so much fuss, you know, mm. and and it, it's it's really, uh, it's really like uh, you you know you you are a free human being. You can choose who you you mm. you spend time with, who, which people do you spend energy with, mm. what kind of business practice are you building up, mm. what kind of people do you choose to interact with in your daily activities and so on. And and I've been quite careful about this. So like when you mm. talk about uh, early in the interview, you mentioned like, you know, people are so much in this world of like ownership of ideas. I mm. almost get like reality check, like, oh yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's that true. was that fucked up stuff I didn't yeah, like. Yeah, and then yeah. I found all these awesome people around the world that that don't that don't think that's bullshit with that. and mm. love sharing and and mm. now i'm surrounded by these people i mm. appreciate a lot and it tends mm. that we also inspire other people and uh and 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 but it's i mean not, it's not like you don't thi- have to convert those people 
for it to work mm. and they are not depending on converting you back into that ownership idea system mm. like it, it doesn't need to be as much friction and difficult as as you might think no, no i i see where you're heading but at the same time you you also have to challenge like okay you know um you can choose the reality you live in right and the people you go with but you don't you don't always have the luxury sometimes you find yourself in a position you know where you say, okay now now this is my reality and because i you know these and these choices i made and this mm. is this is the the situation i ended up in right and you know uh, on the whole i'm happy with this right mm. i mean the sum of all parts makes makes made me cho- choose this path but these and these areas you know we could improve yeah and and uh, uh, what i said okay you know this this realization of of this idea of people have of ownership you know and and the different the different system of ownership who which live simultaneously and function differently in different areas right uh it's a complex system and you know first you have to kind of realize how how that works you know who uh, uh what do people actually how do people actually perceive things you know before you start uh, as you say you're you're maybe in a world where you're uh together with much more like-minded uh, people right so it's easier to share easier to 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 do these things right the same thing when i when i hang out with my my art art friends and art people right I speak that language, you know, I'm, I'm like a fish in the water when I'm, you know, when I'm together, I was at this, uh, sign fair, you know, where there are all these printers and things like that. And some CNC stuff were, right. Mm-hmm. I feel like a complete douchebag, right. I feel like, a yeah, you know, I, I feel I don't belong there you know, because I don't speak that language. I don't speak that, that, uh, yeah, I, I'm not part of that world. Right. But uh, uh, that's also why I go there because I think, hey, that's interesting. That's something I don't know, right? But uh, um, uh, you know, you find yourself you, like your daily reality. You know, sometimes you find it in a mix where you know where you don't live in that perfect uh, things. Yeah, because uh, you know, because of various reasons. You know, uh, uh, yeah, a job you choose, um, yeah. a place you choose to live. You know, or have friends a positive have, to live, or, yeah, or also the friends you meet, also the people you meet. Yeah. You know? What I told earlier about, okay, you know, I'm interested in sharing my stuff, but to find that door into that sharing world, right? You know, if you find a door or not, it's yeah, very, but, but, but very. But it's a very important question, uh, point, and it is a challenge because I'm also very much sort of, as much as I appreciate, you know, I'm lucky to be surrounded by people not living fear-led creative lives mm. i'm also not trying to exclude anybody sort of like you know you know mm. i you know if i choose they chose to patent their ideas mm. or or whatever to not sort of like i'm not going to have anything to, to do with you or, or, mm. or but that also that and also to speak a language that is uh understandable and, mm. and doing a podcast like this mm. talking yeah. about your ideas yeah, yeah. because it, the, the a, a big problem is if it becomes sort of this you claim to be open, but you're so much of sort of a tight woven community speaking such a specific language that nobody mm. can enter. Then you then it's a bit of a paradox, right? Yeah. yeah. What I'm talking about small doors, like uh, in the reason why I started the podcast because I was listening so much to podcasts and they opened so many small doors for me. Mm. Right. And you know, I, I I you know I hope I can only hope that you know with this podcast uh, we open some doors here and there. But uh, are you, you know, I don't co- know. Are you going to copyright it? No, it's a, it's all Creative Commons. Nice. You can which, download which it. Which license? Do a, 
I, I, I don't really understand, so I click some, and then I think you can use it for almost anything. I guess. Nice, nice. You can check it on the website what it does. But but it's just funny because also license. So you can download it. It's like can... an endless thing. Also, it's also almost like a, a lack of a better thing. My yeah. my my attitude to this, it's I use it not as a means of of control or rights, but as a signal of intent. You yeah, know, yeah. I show them, this is my intention. Yeah. This. Mm. That's the same with me. I mean, uh, I, I, uh, I, I host it through, through SoundCloud mm. and, uh, um, they have like these standard options you can choose. So I choose some of them and <laughs> then I think, you know, maybe that works. And then, and so, you know, but then I, it's, so but it's funny, like I'm, I'm being interviewed in Olog, so mm. having a conversation with the, and the guy asking how he can share while he's sharing his podcast under a sharing license. No? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah, so yeah. <laughs> you are very much doing it, no? Yeah, of course. In certain areas, yes, but in other areas, no. But that's also the you know, the thing. Like in certain areas, as again, as again, the platform, the SoundCloud, you know, uh, for for me that works perfectly to kind of promote my, uh, you know, to put my podcast out, you know, and then I link that to my website, you know, the the Frida Show, and you know, that's it. Right, and then you can download it, listen mm. to it, whatever you want to do, and or host it. You know, you can put it on your own website. Uh, you know, you can do wh- whatever. I don't have any control over it. You know, and that's also why I don't edit the the podcast. So whatever stupid things we say is going to be out there, right? And also because I I don't, uh, um, you know, I don't mind to show that stupidity and, and that you're, you know, that you can, you know, that you can be, you know, th- to show your own limitations and also so show other people's limitation yeah and a bit like when I, I was surprised earlier when when you wanted to show me the the picture you took of us yeah because because i was like you took a picture of us do, do i need to check this like hmm. you know like it's a picture yeah yeah but and, but and, that's, and that's a, and, and then and then but for me a, again like a also like a bit of sort of uh, you know the point you made about somebody being in a situation where that was uh, not the most convenient picture to come number one in google mm. It's a very valid point, mm-hmm. but but I I you know it's a danger of getting very much into your own thing where you or not your own thing but you like, become a curator of your own life yeah yeah or, or like yeah so like I I I thrive so well in not demanding control mm-hmm. that I have a hard time have empathy for people desiring control mm-hmm. you know for instance in, in with public image you know like mm-hmm. which Google image is going to come up with the image search yeah yeah know? but it's 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 not a, uh, it's not, but uh, yes, I know. But the thing is, you know, I enjoy a good picture. You know, I want to. Yeah, I don't do want to have a shitty picture. Yeah, I enjoy a good, good picture. picture. So, so then it's better now that I have you here to yeah. take a couple, so I can choose, right? But the, yeah. So but then, but that's a totally different way of relating to taking multiple pictures than. Mm. Uh, yeah, or is it different? It's a good question, but yeah. But, uh, but this is a uh, yeah yeah. What is your what is what is your desire to have a good picture? You know, like mm. in. And then you know. No, but I mean, the, first of all, I mean, uh, 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 you know, the podcast has their limitations because you know, I wanna, I wanna have you look good. You know, I have the people who wanna come on look good, right? And uh, you know, I don't, I probably don't always manage to do that because I'm, you know, I'm also just a retard. But uh, you know, I mean, uh, I at least try. So also making a nice picture, you know, which way where you feel. I mean, which just shows you, you know, where, where, because, you know, a picture, uh, um, a picture is many things, right? 
and in picture and I'm very annoyed with all these nonchalant pictures. You know, I like I like to put care in the stuff mm. I do. You know? And <laughs> if you're a sound engineer annoyed huh? by all this nonchalant broadcasting and you wanted well curated content on <laughs> audio. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Of course. I mean, uh, you know, uh, uh, on the way here I also told you know it, I'm not consequent in things in my, you know, I will, I'm always skeptical to, to principles or, or, you know, or, um, um, morals or all these things, you know, they're, you know, because the thing is you, in reality, you change them, you change them as fast as you change your clothes. Yeah. It's, it's, but this like, you know, double moral or double standards is like, it almost seems to be human nature mm -hmm. and, and, you know, like we, we all seem to have it in varying degrees, but all have it. And, and some people pretend not to have it mm -hmm. and some people. <laughs> yeah. But that, that's, that's my point. I mean, uh, um, uh, you know, like, like, like a thing like fair from where they, they lay open the, the way say, okay, mm -hmm. we're not perfect, but this is how it lies out. And that, that's, that's the same thing with, with, uh, you know, how I relate to my own double standards, you know, I'm open about them. Yeah. You know, I don't care. You know, this is, this is my standards and they, sh they switch, they do, you know, and, and I try, I try to be honest about it and then you can make up your own mind about it. Right. Because I and, experienced something quite interesting in sort of grow, like growing accustomed to, to publishing my knowledge openly. Yeah. Right? That, that all of a sudden I thought like, you know what? this is a pretty brilliant idea like this is mm -hmm. this is the sort of the, the better side of me or more special side mm -hmm. or more unique it's not that frequent or, mm -hmm. or 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 for instance very often this is like it's a culmination of many things you're working on and coming to together in sort of a very good moment creating something mm -hmm. quite like you know that you personally perceive as good mm -hmm. and then i would notice like that i was doubting then should i should i should i publish this or not no it's mm -hmm. quite interesting to feel that you know to very much sort of like be a fun believer in sharing and 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 that really sort of highlights yeah with sort of little duality sort of like and 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 that's something i really don't like then it's like i, I sort of came to that conclusion it's like if you share crap ideas mm -hmm. but you're gonna go and keep you know the, the good stuff for yourself then then that's really like double standards that's, in the way, yeah, you know? like that's yeah. really like so, 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 Here you so got then, some snippets, and but I have the good stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, and and then sort of became a bit of a personal challenge for me, you know, challenging myself, you know, mm -hmm. you know, to, almost like I, I I dare you, you know, and and mm -hmm. also like, and then like, the the eternal good question for everybody was really afraid in life, like so what, mm -hmm. you know. So, so, so. Yeah. Well, in, to go back to this this uh, you know when people come with projects to me and say you know. And they're so oh, they're so scared to do stuff. Is that the only thing that can happen? It can go wrong, right? <laughs> you know? It's your yeah. job in school to do things wrong. So you, you know, learn. I mean, this is the only thing that can go wrong. Yeah. And then what do you do? You do it once more. That's it. That's it. If you screw up this piece, you know, you have another piece. But the problem is, these students—they've been going through twelve years of torture of being rated as humans on their abilities to not make mistakes. Yeah, let, and not... then and then you are in a situation wondering why they're afraid of making mistakes, right? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I'm, I'm realizing that, but I, yeah, absolutely, yeah. But let's not gar get, get into schooling, like preschooling yeah, systems, because yeah. that's... Uh, that's really rough. That's, uh, there's a lot to be gained there. But I also not see it myself, like, like, you know, like things like discussing, for instance, stuff like patterns and patent systems mm. and basically it gets me like more yeah i'm i'm surprised how how grumpy it makes me and and how little pleasure i get from discussing it i used to find it more so interesting mm. before and 
and and now I generally find it more like, uh, you know, who cares? Just you know, do that or do that. But again, again, you know what you want to use your energy on? Right? Yes. Yes. What do you want to use your energy? Yeah, then I mean, let's go make something and publish it online instead yeah. of discussing the patent system for twenty hours. You know, it's boring. It's I mean, I mean, no, yes, it, yes, and no. I mean, it's it's. No, I don't know. I don't know actually if it's important. Well, no, I no, I I can't make that judgment because yeah, for some people it is important. You know, because they, I mean, there's people. We have to realize there's people in this world who who feel so such ownership to things or ideas and, and identity right this and, is your and person yeah, yeah. Like your which per- is so connected to to who they are you know that you would take a part of their soul away if you would take that away and and you know uh, should the open open source uh, site you know destroy that site but they right? still came up with the idea they're still brilliant people hmm? they, they still came up with that idea they're still brilliant people you know yeah but I mean the Yes and no. A lot more people will know they're brilliant because yeah. it's openly available. Yeah. But that's a, that's not to some obscure patent, you know, category yeah. to to read through. Yeah. The interesting you know, like Tesla opened its patents and now I think Toyota did the same thing. Yeah, it's they like did. A Toyota? Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. one of the big ones or did open certain p- patents, mm. right? Because uh, well, Tesla did because they're into the battery business business now, so they they make much more money making batteries than in the end than making their cars. Because you know, I think they read I read now that in two thousand twenty they're going to make a profit. Mm-hmm. Tesla, right? When they have like a consumer grade car, uh, which they probably will if they can get their act together. But uh, but you know that makes it you know because they they force it. You know, others have to do it because they understand. Okay, if we share it, we actually make more money in the end. Yeah, and that's. I mean, that's also the tricky part with this sharing, uh, uh, sharing. You know, this open source part. Because you know what you also said, like these platforms, like uh, Thingiverse and GitHub. You know, they're, you know, they're claimed, or are taken over or mm, yeah. occupied by by the major players. You know. Yes, it's super, but. The- and, this you see everywhere in the record industry and the and movie that's, industry. And that's and the thing, you know, like art world. as a kid growing up, I was I was into punk music and stuff like that, and and you so you see how mainstream that is now, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, of course, you know, not everybody listening to punk, but that punk mentality, you know, uh, if you, I, I just on the way here uh, before I met you, uh, I was listening to Tom Green, mm-hmm. you know, from from uh, you know he was on MTV with his TV show and stuff like that, you know, and he. He took this punk attitude, like, "Hey, a bunch of amateurs just doing something, and it kind of, you know, just doing stupid stuff, and it takes off, right?" And so, uh, um, uh, you know, so that strategy, that punk strategy, has been implemented now everywhere, and now even big corporations can use that if they want to, right? And that's the inter- interesting thing, also. You know, a lot of my thoughts on on art now are also that, like. Um, before you know you had you know if you if you knew how to use a camera obscura or any other projecting device from the 1400s you had you know you had a monopoly yeah and they had a monopoly for 500 years right while now you come up with with your thing let's say like that as an artist you know it's implemented instantly in all kinds of other worlds and and layers of society, yeah, you know? and it's and, open by default. So why try to control it? Is my point. Yeah, yeah, ab- absolutely. But I mean, it it is a shift, right? Because because that change, 
went actually quite quite fast. I mean, you know, this is a hundred years where where this acceleration took place, right? Um, you know, when photo photography came. So that's maybe two, when did photography came out? Early 18, 1800s. Everything 20, always 30s. came out so much earlier than you think. Yeah, eighteen twenties. Think something. how yeah. long something were invented and then you multiply it by a certain factor of two or three and then you and you come there. to the end no but 18 18 something right and yeah. and and that created uh, uh you know and that kind of maybe kick-started uh, uh you know modernism also the other thing like all the stuff artists did before world war ii you know was if you look at it it could have happened now right it's you know there's there's a setback after the Second World War, mm. a long setback, which which we maybe now come to a point where we are on that on that that spot again, you know, where it got interesting again. Um, but um, uh, now I lost my point again. It's these long threat. I have too many unfocused <laughs> thoughts. But uh, uh, yeah, so yeah, so you're uh, you can't you you can't own it that long anymore right you have one chance maybe you know if you come out with the idea and you put it out you know you can say at least i was the first one mm. and, da, 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 and then it goes on right it gets claimed by you know creative industries by uh, advertising industries by you know the strategy are implemented in industries you know and in in and whatever and uh, you know you see it with gravity graffiti right graffiti is completely mainstream now you know um there's serious discussion of what is good graffiti bad graffiti there mm. you know i mean this started out as a couple of kids running around the street just doing stuff because they could and because they didn't care and but is this i don't think this is a new phenomenon no 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 no, no. i'm I think that's a repeating phenomenon through I, human history the, the difference is the frequency and the speed yeah yeah that's the difference yeah because i i was um I, I have a feeling that this speed is not necessarily as fast as people think. No, I think and it can go it, a lot faster. I, no, I no, no, wish no, it no. I'm saying it's 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 not going as fast as you think. You think it's going really fast, but it's not. What is going fast is the amount of information that goes into your head, mm. thereby enhancing your perception of speed. Mm. But the actual rate of change in society, the rate of implementation of new ideas and change. I think it's far, far slower than you think. It's just the amount of knowledge of the world and the the amount of changes you perceive is accelerating. So it's, you understand? Does, it's, it's quite and, subtle. And, so yeah. this is like, does the world really change as fast? Does, you know, new ideas get implemented all the time at a much faster pace and value systems and culture well, now, and now belief you, systems really change at a much more frequent pace? Mm. Or, or is it the fact that we get much more knowledge about value systems and belief systems and trends and we get much more input and thereby that gives a perception of speed that is completely off the chart compared to actual speed of change in culture? Uh, I, think, I think you have a point about it. I think also, uh, um, you know, because throughout history, you know, 100 years ago, people said, okay, you can't go faster than this. It's, it's mm. crazy how, how things go. Of course, that, so that is... That is part, but I think if you really look, if you just put the statistic next to each other, things do go faster. You know, and when was the accelerate. last time somebody invented a new mode of transportation? Well, that's the only weird thing, but that, that's because people have been blocking that. 
you know there have been there have been tons of uh, energy uh, inventions you know there's been people in the 70s who invented cars run on water just plain water you know there's there's been tons of of stuff when was the last time somebody invented a new form of communication um a new div- div- diversion of communication that's quite recent but a new form of communication that is the video video communication is probably the recent most recent one so so roughly 1950s um yeah but you you have an invention and then you have an implementation into society right yes and yes. and um uh you know you have the the quantum computers doing stuff like a lot faster. You have the artificial intelligence, which is taking off now, which is is coming around. You know, which is something from the last twenty years. So probably artificial intelligence, I would say. Robotics are taking off like crazy. And because of, you know, of course, the idea, you know, you can argue there's no no new ideas, right? There's nothing new under the sun. Yeah, thing. because I'm not trying to argue that yeah. nothing changes. I'm just not so sure that things are changing at such a rapid pace as, as we think. But you, you, uh, let's try to see it like this, right? I mean... Look at your jeans, man. You could have been a cowboy in the 1800s. I could. No, I couldn't. What about your headphones? <laughs> they're, they're, they're a bit newer. Like, you know, you could have been a DJ in the, in in the, the 90s. 60s. <laughs> no, in the 60s, the 60s yeah, you yeah. know? Yeah. When did the headphones come first? I think it was like it, it, because you know the LP got yeah. distributed and, and and the need for personal audio listening to to your records, yeah. so so in the, especially the big nice type that that you had. No, yeah. no but uh, uh, you know, you can argue there's nothing new under the sun, but the variation, the complexity, and the speed of variations. You know, that's what I'm arguing. Yeah, that's increasing. I mean, there's more. Yeah, but okay, so because yeah, I do agree that it's increasing, but. I think now it's way can... overhyped and way over-exaggerated, the rate sure, of increase. Sure. I think it's, it's, it's almost not necessarily that interesting, this rate of change. The rate of flow of information, how does our human brain, how do the culture we grow up with, which is surprisingly slow to change, mm. relate to this immense flow of information going into our heads? Mm. You know, in fact, you could argue, I would argue the opposite. Our culture, our belief systems, our way of being a social human beings and mentally handling our world is not changing fast enough to relate to how much faster we get knowledge into our heads. That's the problem. But that's why we're building artificial intelligence to handle that amount of information because we can't switch that fast. So so yeah, a a point where I would truly very much agree that it's insane amount of acceleration that is like information being published or and distributed and then projected into you know human sensory systems. There mm-hmm. has been ins- there. There's yeah. The, there's the, no doubt that is insane acceleration yeah, there. Yeah. But in 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 general, in society, in culture, in 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 religion, beliefs, in or in in technical inventions, all these things, I don't think it's really going well, that fast at all. No, no, there is a difference there. Like, uh, and and that's maybe also because you. Well, first of all, you have. Uh, more people than any time in the human history on this planet, right? So that's, that means that's every day. Huh? Yeah, that every day is like that. Also, you could say that two thousand years ago. Sure, 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 sure. But nonetheless, that means that means more people do the same thing. 
more variations of the same things. You know, and variations is you know. But maybe, maybe people maybe, do more different things. No, but, but listen, so sorry. maybe it me. I'm being very. I know. Uh, arguing against you know. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's fine. I I do that a lot too. I, I'm actually trying to hold hold back on that. You know, I'm trying to consciously make a good podcast. Yeah. <laughs> constantly making a good podcast uh, i don't know yeah. but um now i lost my point again yeah there was about every day there's more people yeah so yeah so maybe maybe the the reason to be alive is not to to change your world drastically but is to try out all variations hmm. if you get a six billion or a three billion you know with six billion people you can try out twice as much variations hmm. so you get twice as much variation right and and uh, the additive complexity of these variations, you know, makes up a more complex world. Makes up more, uh, makes you know, more things happen at a faster piece, uh, space, uh, pace because more people can spend their time on on developing ideas and testing out and testing out. And, Given that there's and free mistake. flow of knowledge, right? Uh, if all those you know yeah, are but kept with, secret or, or yeah, but or, with these six billion exclusive. people, you know, there's always pockets where that's possible, <laughs> right? So there's always um. The dynamic, that's mm -hmm. the thing, you know, because of this, this insane amount of flow of information. Well, we say it's insane now. I think it's still too slow. I think we should, we're, mm -hmm. we're just starting up. You know, we just started yeah, the, yeah, en yeah. the engine. We haven't yeah. revved up anyway. Yeah, yeah. Yeah? We're started driving. <laughs> you know, we haven't started driving anyways. We're just on. Mm -hmm. you know? uh, nonetheless, you know, it, uh, 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 it, um, you know that that in that variation enables us to crack problems more fast and things come out of it more and you see it if you if you follow any science block you know like mm. the the mind-boggling discoveries they do now you know 10 years back you would get one of them a year now mm. you get every month or maybe even every week you get a discovery like that first of all because information is more structured and more you know the the information flow is 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 more distributed mm. right and uh, uh and and also because there's so much information like the 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 control groups which were uh, which 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 were haven't kind of uh, uh managed to to adjust to that yeah you know which is an interesting time they will adjust to it you know they'll 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 be able to 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 harvest. I saw an interesting um, chart the other day in one of the blogs I read. Uh, uh, the amount of power or or assets the one percent were were uh, wheeling through time. In Roman time, it was I think sixteen percent. Mm. In the sixties, was ten percent. Now it's twenty two percent, and like in the eighties, was also two. 22 in 1929 it was also 21 percent or something like that you know it goes up and down right and uh, uh and you see in the 60s a lot of stuff happened you know a lot of inventions were were happening a lot of changes were happening a lot of things were implemented in society yeah a lot of things that were meant in the second world war in, in the 60s actually yeah Very interesting yeah of course the second world war was an amazing kind of technological trigger mm. you know which is you know? And wealth distributor, that's the saddest part of it all. Huh? Uh, Human, humanity's darkest moment created a unique pocket of wealth distribution in the Western world. Well, there's there's different arguments about that. If Have you ever heard of Project Lily? Which was the Japanese raiding whole China of all their gold? No. 
this is this is they went to china just grabbed all the gold and left you know and and the same same you know like the there's there's arguments for that the second world war wasn't about anything else than grabbing gold and <laughs> financial control it's the same trick uh, um uh, you know if you if you do a war you fund both sides because then you always win right Mm-hmm. and if you look in the paper trails you know that's what yeah. the bush family did for example they they were highly involved in that and and you know so as i said i, I read all these uh, conspiracy theories and stuff like that too which go often into these these areas but they come with compelling arguments i don't know if it's true but i mean it's as likely as I any other story thing, like if, one thing that's for sure is that the public arguments to go to war you should never believe you know of course not of course not why would you have won the war? You know, you won war because somebody else has something you want to have. Mm-hmm. That's why you go to war, right? And but, uh, you know, you don't always know on which side the person is because you know you can be, uh, yeah, you can be, let's say, an American funding a German war because you making money of it. You know, and then you come in as the savior, you win on both sides, right? And uh, uh, so you get your industry home running you get the industry there running you know so you yeah a great example is like the was the rockefellers the ones in 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 law the bankers is the rockefellers or the rothschilds i think the rothschilds one of the rothschilds one of the rothschilds was in in uh, in london one of the main bankers there right and uh, uh, when napoleon was fighting in waterloo and stuff like that they had like these runners and the runners from the bank were faster than the official runners Right, get coming with the information like, "Hey, we won or we lost." So um, the Rothschild knew twenty-four hours before the public knew who won. So he was dumping English stock like hell, and everybody said, "Okay, he's dumping, so he must know something." We lost the war, so everyone was dumping, and then he picked everything up to the penny. I was reading today or the other day that um, uh, England is paying off some like a couple hundred year old debts now because the interest rates were so low <laughs> you know and this was probably these debts created in that thing because in a single day the Rothschild kind of owned whole of England yeah that's illegal now but uh, uh, you know yeah, there's still a lot of illegal stuff happening you know that doesn't that just means they got smarter right and that's uh, but to go back, you know, that's that's politics. So it's not so interesting in this conversation here. But uh, to go back to the side of, of but it's super relevant because it's 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 yeah I'll, very much about control I'll, I'll and exclusivity, it, right? Yeah, I'll and, tie it back to now because now the flow of, of information. Well, it was interesting. There's a lot, there's a long lot of discussion about the the you know, the neutrality of internet, net neutrality. Right, yes. and uh, you know, Obama is now suddenly supporting net neutrality, while you know, there's there's legal actions pushing actually to limit that, at least in the states, and and that will have repercussions on the rest of the world. And you see, China is kind of limiting their their internet. Turkey is doing <laughs> K- that. Kind of. Hmm. That's a understatement, huh? no? China. Well, you know, they they yeah they limit it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, they limited. This is a really yeah. good statement. Yeah, yeah, and and which is which is you know which is a, polit- a political choice. I mean, yes. uh, uh, um, you know, for all, you you don't know what their long term is, right? Uh, it might be good to, you know, maybe there's an esoteric reason why they put their country in the dark for a couple of decades to 
you know, make it come out into the light, right? You don't know that. Maybe <laughs> because the Japanese took all the gold. For example, yeah. Take a little bit more wine. I think we're I think we're out of wine. Oh shit. We are we are sorry podcast listeners. We we are in deep trouble. Yeah, that's life. But I I wanna come back to one of your points about uh Oh, the potential for diversity, actually. Could could I just finish the uh, finish the um, uh, internet censorship? Uh, the inter- yeah, the, the the point of yeah, we're in, living interesting times where the the powers don't have full control of the information flows and does not have full con- and haven't really understood it yet and have not full control of the world yet. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting time because there there you know things can shift. They can't yeah. change, but they can shift. And uh, so I agree with you. You know, nothing really changes in the world. But uh, we get into. Hey, I never made this point. I never said nothing really changes. I only said things change. Things change at a far slower pace than you think. Sorry, no, no, I made it. I made it. I made this. I'm fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Except that certain sort of human behaviors are universal. I made the philosophical point. It's like there's nothing new under the sun. Yeah. And uh, like as a human, you know, we still wake up in the morning. We still go to sleep at night. Yeah. And but then the day, your brain is different, and the world is different. Sure. And every day we wake up to a different world. Yes. Yeah? But then, because we people are, are making a shitload of fuss about the world changing so fast, and I don't believe it. That I, is changing so fast. Yeah, me neither. I think it it changes way too slow. We <laughs> argued this earlier. Like I yeah. think you know, um, I, we're we're just wrapping up, and you know, I. I like to speed up a bit more. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I can handle it, but that's at least interesting. You know? Yeah, I can't good, handle this speed. It's a good speed. challenge, right? I can handle this speed, so come yeah. on. You know? yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, to your point. Sorry. So the 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 uh, coming back to the potential for diversity. Yeah. With with so many people around and so much knowledge floating. Hmm. At least, and then I'm sort of then. A, arguing for that there we are just tapping the potential there could be so much more knowledge floating if you really open mm. the barriers mm. so why are we living in such a homogeneous culture mm. you know why are we why are we wearing jeans like we're in 19th century cowboys right mm. it's 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 a great paradox you know like it's it's and there's never been more potential to live a very different type of life with very different types of values, beliefs, or lifestyles, yet people are living extremely similar. I think there's less potential, actually. I I really do believe that because because mm. uh, you know I think about this all the time because I I you know what we talked earlier about this kind of endless repetition, right? Yeah. It it freaks me out. That's one of the things which freaks me out most. I'm you know I, I'm less scared of death. Let's say it like that. You know and. And um, which has to do with like, hey, uh, how much is basically the surroundings around you controlling your life, your everyday life, right? What is the possibilities you do? You know, just just to have a space like this here, right? A space, you know, I have to, uh, uh, you know, and and have the most optimal s- solution here. You know, I'm I'm really not complaining at all. But to have a space like this, I have to uh, have a certain income. You know, so I can pay my bills to have a, a place to live, to feed feed my family, or or to, you know, at least 
contribute my part to feeding my family and 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 uh, you know having some kind of existence right and um, i have a very comfortable existence in that in that you know if you compare it to anyone else in the world uh, but and to have a space like this which is a luxury this is a space for me this is mm. just my space yeah literally my space this is only my stuff only my thoughts and this is a space where i can create stuff right but to create a space like that you know i i have to I, i've had and had to battle that all the way yeah you know i have to call myself an artist so people believe that i am entitled <laughs> to a space like this that's also interesting right Because if I just say, "Hey, oh, this is my space, and I do stuff here," people just look at me confused. Right? And if you're an artist, you sort of have a social oh, you're an artist. Okay, to... yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. You know, and you know, one of my dreams is that I don't have to call myself anything anymore. Mm-hmm. I can it's just do. I can just do nice whatever I do. Yeah. Yeah, you know? and I don't have to do anything. Right. And that doesn't mean that I don't do anything because I love doing stuff, but I I don't like doing stuff which I have to do. I I can do it because I you know I lived long enough in this earth that I kind of managed to you know somehow accept it but you know I think it's problematic and and uh I get furious of people saying yeah but you know you have to do it like this because you know there's no other way right and mm. it's bullshit there's there's <laughs> many other ways right and but it's surprising how you know I I catch myself in that thought right okay there's There's no. This is the situation how it is now. I have to accept it. You don't have to accept shit. But of course, you know, if you don't accept it, you know, there's certain things you have to let go, right? Yeah. And and there you have to make your choice, right? And Absolutely. It's and uh, it's also. And then what happens when those choices go wrong and the responsibility? Hmm. And this this is something that generally fascinates me a lot. This is sort of like people who choose to to break with society, you know, like I don't like your conformist rules and demands mm. and so on. And I'm going to go off on my own or whatever. And then all of a sudden, for instance, you're because of your, your, your physical state, mm. you are depending on the society mm. to, to assist you, uh, to, to, I don't know, restart your heart or mm. bring you down from a mountain mm. or give you antidote or, mm. uh, well, there's certain people who don't, but they die. Yeah, then this is sort of yeah. like... Uh, well, in, in these cases, yeah. Uh, right. But then usually, and especially in Norway, it's it's, all, it's just your pride. The only consequence is your pride. Mm. You know, how well can you handle a failure? You know, how... No. If you get put in a social housing program... Yeah, I don't care. I really don't care. I don't... You, I, you won't end up on the street. You, yeah. know? you know that. No, and even if I end up just eat, it's all temporary, anyways. But but because I, you know, I have enough. The, the only way I would end up see if I get somehow brain brain damage or, you know, drug addicted or anything really, which would destroy my personality. But with the skills I build up now, you know, I I will I can always find a place in society, mm. right? This reminds me of a, something I tried to explain. Some, some uh, entrepreneurs I met in Africa. They wanted me. They wanted me to invest. Yeah. in the company yeah and i ex- tried to explain them that you know i had barely enough money on my bank account mm. to go to the atm yeah to, to get money yeah just enough yeah but and and but it's sort of that, that sort of paradox that you know and and i'm in debt and all these things but yet extremely different situation and and just knowing 
that I have skills, knowing that our skills are relevant to people around me in society, that mm. are willing to trade something with them, mm. which creates, you know, for me, like sort of uh, uh, stability, confidence. Mm. So, uh, it's, it's, it's very interesting, though, that how, how can you be so poor yet so rich? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had the same thing, you know, I had, uh, when I went um, out of art school, you know, I had months at a time where I, I basically couldn't buy a bread, you know, I, and, but I wasn't worried, I was surviving, you know, people give you food, people, you know, I had a place to sleep, you know, mm. you know it's all, it's all, it's all okay, you know, so you're still bloody rich. Even yeah. though you're dirt poor, you're bloody rich. But and you're afraid of your pride, though. Eh? No, not not that much. Not you, because no. you're quite ex exceptional. But I think a lot of people in general, like, of course, yeah, 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 of course. But I mean, the you know, I destroyed a lot of my pride in that period. Yeah, yeah, and I also sit systematically. Because not that. that many people would talk about it. Some being in a situation like that as often as you do. Yeah, but you know, the other side, you know, I make a bit of a hero story out of it because I, I came out of it, right? Yeah. If it would still be in it, you know, it would be a different story. Yeah. You know? And, uh, That's uh, a good point. Uh, but again, you know, the thing was, I, I come from a privileged uh, uh, background, you know, nothing special, but, you know, I had a roof over my head, I got a good education, I got, you know, I got all the opportunities I wanted. I, uh, you know, uh, I had to work for extra stuff I needed, but the basics I had, right? So, and so I could, I could, you know, I could encounter a creative development. I could go to an art school. You know how ridiculous that is? Mm -hmm. Yeah. To go to an art school, just to, to do stuff you like and stuff you think you need to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's weird. And uh, I think it should be the basis because I think what I said, you know, my dream is to, not have to do anything, you know, and to do, yeah. To, to not have I, to do anything, or not to have to answer f to anyone for anything. No, I don't. I don't mind answering for things because, but to have to do things, right? Because mm. you need to pay a bill, because you need to maintain a certain status quo, mm. right? That you don't have to do anything. The only reason why you do something because you feel a need to do it. Mm. You know, let's say, hey, I. Um, uh, you're you're you know you at your home your table broke you know and i'm around like say hey oh i could fix that for you yeah i would love to do that for you right and then you tell me you and charge then... an average consultancy fee per hour and i realize <laughs> that that you know i i could buy five more tables so i can let frido get the honest pay for fixing my table right hmm. and then uh <laughs> then all of a sudden it would be very nice if you could just do that hmm. without having to make sure that you got enough money for doing that to mm. survive, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah, but also, yeah, but and I think it's a mentality thing. It's not so much, you know. It's it, the trick is to want less than you have, mm. right? And no matter how much you have, you know, if you want less than you have, you're always rich, you know, because there's there's tons of people who are dirty rich and still feel have nothing, right? They always need more and more and more and more and more, and more because you know they can't satisfy that because they want more than they have. So I think that's what you do, mm. right? Absolutely. And but the trick is, and they you... live in fear, ironically, right? Yeah, of course. Because they, they, you know, paradox of humanity. Like you got the majority of the human race striving to becoming, the, you know, the part of the rich elite. Mm. So they don't need to worry anymore. And then you got the rich elite running around worried. Yeah, because they know there's a richer elite. There's always a, there's always somebody above you. Yeah, 
Or exactly. a reason why what you have today might be gone tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, if you get a stroke, all your money's run up. But all this talk about money and things does remind me of, you know, you you read the, the text about me from my website. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is also spurred off a sort of side thought, but like, it's kind of nice, like, text that I wrote about who I am. Mm-hmm. So you read a text about who I am, but it's not how I describe myself, but how I used to describe myself because I've been too busy to update my website, I, right? I know Which that. is just fascinating. And, I was, and I, then, and I was actually aware of that, but I, I wanted to read it anyways because you know that's that's what I had available, and I think also because I knew we were going to talk for 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 a long time, so you know the the real you would come out of there anyways. But then the the, the best part of this is that you know in that text it says that I. I dream to make a living from from mm. this open and living approach to knowledge mm. and, and creation. And in in 2014, I did make a living from this. Mm. Yeah. So so you know now I. But just don't you to, f- don't you feel that's much more scary that you realize your dreams? That is going to be another one and another one, you know. And uh, yeah, in a way, it's sort of like wow, but then. That's a momentary realization. Yeah, you know, I, that's what I mean. I, I yeah. can go into corporate finance and betray all my ideals in the next 10 years and mm-hmm. I live that dream f- for half a year. Mm-hmm. You know, then, uh, so Just... sustaining that, that, that is also a dream in a way, right? And then, and now my dream is to, to help, help but... other people find this, 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 as, as lucky as I've been to, to sort of, to dare to challenge the status quo of how to make a living from creativity. Mm. And then I have the privilege to have the infrastructure and, and, and things around me to to do that, to explore that. Mm. This is what I'm dreaming and aspiring to do now. For that's mm. No, but I'm, I'm just saying like to achieve a goal, like, oh, I wish I could live from that and maintaining that dream are two, you know, they're like achieving a goal is the spectacular part because that's, that's the highway up. Staying on, 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 staying, I don't mean your dreams, just, I'm just talking generally in dreams, mm-hmm. because I, I have that challenge too, right? Yeah, you, you know, get a fucking amazing studio. I have everything, and then, and then what, right? Yeah. Then what? You have, you know, you have to maintain it. Because yeah. I'm very much intrigued with what you talked about, like, you can make so much stuff, but, but don't feel, I, I have this unique access to these tools, yet I don't really feel... I don't feel that what what is my sort of personal reward for doing this or, mm-hmm. or my 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 mm-hmm. motivator? No, it's, it's a pretty interesting situation. This, no, mm-hmm. and it, that comes back to richness, but yeah. then the even richness in a different way. But then the other side, right? I mean, I've been I've been through this creative loop so many times, right? Uh, in on, in smaller and bigger parts, and all you know, like uh, doing big big exhibitions, doing you know. Uh, furniture project doing small project like the last project I finished was a, a knife which I started a year and a half ago mm-hmm. which I forged myself made the handle made the whole thing with help of other people with help yeah. with sharing knowledge with other people you know who had that knowledge but because you know out of my in- initiation and that I finished you know which was a very satisfactory thing because it was you know because it oh wow I could do this I knew I could do it but uh, practically but that you actually uh, finish it that you finish a project because you know because mm-hmm. it's easy to start a project but to finish a project to yeah. you know uh, uh, the finished thing but at the same time also it's just an object and I enjoy holding it in my hand look at it and I'm, I'm going to use it on a daily basis too but still then I just use it on a daily basis and then it becomes just an object even though it's an it's an object that I use daily right it doesn't give me um, 
it it's still an object if you if you if you know what I mean. You know? I don't think objects are enough. Yeah. I'm so interested in these emotional connections between people and objects, no? and how mm. and mapping, exploring that, no? mm. and and in this case, how do you sustain it? Almost right, you create mm. it. There's this this strong bond between you, mm. and then in in five years, you know, you're you you you're cutting some cheese with it, and <laughs> yeah, and I cut some cheese with it. And then, but then maybe it's in the next week. I don't know. Mm. But then, but then somebody but, asks, "That's a nice knife. Mm. Where, where, where did that come from?" But and then I just tell, like, "Yeah, I made this." Because I've told that story twink, ten million twinkle times. Twinkle in your so. eye, and you remember back in the days, you know, <laughs> when you're exploring all this stuff. And yeah. of course, it makes for a great story. And that's what you, you, what you, you mentioned as well, right? You, you, you want to create stories. You don't want to create products, but you want to create stories. Yes. And and you know uh, that's this is also the lesson I learned you because know, after my uh, art education I started getting interested in furniture and started working with furniture design in Eindhoven mm-hmm. and uh, um, and because you know and, and started developing that and um, uh, now I lost my point again you have to help me again you're good at that actually. Yeah, no, 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 I lost. No, you lost your point too. <laughs> well, yeah, no. So, but um, uh, uh, it was the knife and the story. And yeah, yeah. The, and so, the uh, yeah, but yeah, that now in the story that was the the link. Um, but by making s- furnitures, right? What I found out, what people want, you know, they want a story, and me being a, an artist, also making furniture, you know, and. And because of that, had a different view on furniture. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, uh, they were interested. In that, yeah, right? telling a different story, yeah. or telling a story. To yeah, because they, you know, they they can tell their, you know, the people they can tell. Yeah, you know, this artist made this for us. You know, he also made it, and they have to explain a bit. And you know, there's a story attached to just this piece. No, it's not like ah, we went to IKEA, we bought this, or we went to a fancy design store, and we bought this. No, we know the guy who made this, mm-hmm. right? And this this value of uh, um, of things made, yep. right? Is is uh, uh, but that's 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 also my challenge now because that's deluding because I've made so many things and I've got that ball thrown back at me so many times, you know, on and in the art world, in the in the in the you know, in just creating furniture, in just making stuff, doing stuff. You know, I was I was make stuff, so I had that thrown back, so I know like the up and the down and kind of the whole. Kind of emotional level attached to it, and uh, so I don't get geared up as much anymore, right? And and so for me, uh, that I know somebody made it, yeah, you know, I I see everything because I know how things are made, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So th- because this is yeah, you're, the magic. you're constantly aware that somebody has yeah. made something. Yeah, even 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 if you go to IKEA, I know somebody made it because uh, you know I can imagine the factories where they make and how they set it up, how they. You know, get these contracts, get from small to bigger, or, and then collapse again because the, they pull out or whatever. You know, it made all these. Inv- you know, that's the bad story, but also kind of you know, the, like uh, how they kind of manage to evolve. And you know, I I know these. I'm always interested in how these things are produced. So I, you know, I I can imagine it, and also they know how things are made. So I can imagine. Okay, they probably did it this and this and this way. So there's no big mystery around it. Right and 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 that mystery 
you know, I think, and I think you have that too. When you, when you, uh, although I think you, 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 you are better at keeping that mystery alive for you, where you kind of keep that, that, uh, 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 I said playfulness, and but also because you do that more consciously, because you, know, for me, producing these things also also was a means to stay alive mm. and to be able to do my 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 art mm. without, you know, without doing stuff I don't like to do, right? But for you, you really structured your life where you where that kind of discovering and and finding these new ways is integrated in your in your system and also because of the connection to people and people mm-hmm. keep surprising you right whereas mm-hmm. this, this this robot might stop surprising you but people will never stop surprising you mm. yeah. and then well i yeah maybe maybe i'm gonna asshole for saying that but i i i think people start to be more predictable too <laughs> you know, and, or and, your lifestyle it, it could be, you know, it, it could be that my my you know my life now is just limiting my view, but uh, 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 but it also means that I have seen enough variations that you know the variation can surprise me, mm-hmm. but it takes more and more to surprise yeah. me. But it's super interesting. This sort of it's like is it almost like two things? Like it's it's about growing old, mm-hmm. and it's about growing professional. Mm-hmm. And both are sort of challenges. Mm. Yeah, but there's c- certain people who who uh, who enjoy being more professional. You know, to to who enjoy just kind of. And I noticed I, uh, you know, my biggest enjoyment is is doing stuff I don't know, mm. figuring out stuff I don't know. And the problem is, you know, you know, there's of course there's always enough. Uh, yeah, because you can go endless to anything. But then it gets sort of extremely narrow, you know. It gets meaningless. Yeah, it gets too specific in 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 that in that train of thoughts. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, for me. Yeah, I don't. I don't mean. I don't mean to to disrespect anybody. Studying the eyes I think, of answer. I you know that's one of my biggest fascinations. You know, people you know who who can maintain such a high focus and such a high interest on on one specific thing. I think that's one of the. You know, I just don't have that in my character. You know, I'm a, I'm a fragmented being, so I I like mm. many things at the same time, and because I'm I'm more interested in this big picture. And is it maybe for you so that that you know you're uh, are you more focused in you know this the small nuances than the bigger picture? I wouldn't say so. I'm just asking. I, I think. I just hit me like, that maybe. Uh, that I think actually I, I've been thriving quite well in doing both. Huh. So I both sort of you know when it comes to skill building, just you know basically like how do you design stuff in your computer? Yeah. And make it on a robot. This is like specific skill that I I see, seem to have so endless fascination with. Hmm. Now how do you make the robot do something unexpected? But but I've been my main project. What I've been sort of working on in the last couple of years is, is very much sort of meta level. Like I've been, I've been developing my own infrastructure, or not my own, but another type of infrastructure of implementing creativity of mine into society. How how can how can something flow? So very much sort of like how do you distribute knowledge? How do you Im- how do you impact people with what you create mm. in a different way than than what was sort of given me to me as options? leaving school or yep. entering creative profession 
So in, that's that's very much more of a meta level. So yeah. so re renegotiating the value chain of creativity, and that fascinates me just as much, or, yeah. or maybe even more. No, but I think you found a really nice sweet spot there, which which uh, a nice balance between these two, which keeps you. Uh, uh, as I said, I I feel you're much more. Uh, alive doing these things than I am hmm. but I could also how, how, yeah maybe it's the time of yeah, it's why is that different no it could then... also it could also be that you build up so you know because you know your 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 skill set with these with the, you know with the the programming with the you know trend, talking to the machines mm. is you know miles ahead of what I am you know I'm I'm still a novice in in many aspects right I get I get my stuff done but mm. you know I I you know, two years ago, I didn't know anything about this, right? Yeah. And uh, 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 so I, I'm learning fast. It's not that, but you know, I'm, <laughs> there's no doubt about that. Huh? Learning very fast. No? But I still, I you know, I still m miss a lot of basic understanding of these things because also because I don't, um, uh, I entered entered it through an unnatural door. Yeah, and your favorite type of door, right? Yeah, of course. You know, that's the one I was looking for, right? Yeah. But nonetheless, you know, I, I don't come in from the technical side. I don't come in from the from the manufacturer side. I don't come in from the designer side. I come come in from a yeah, just a back door, literally. And and it's always put in front of the machine. I was interested in machines because because I, I, I recognized the potential of these, and also because I, with the machines I was using, I I was founding the limitations of these little tools. And I thought, okay, you know, with these tools, I can solve a lot of these things. Yeah, and it will create more problems, which is interesting, right? But uh, uh, and that puts me in a, in a unique position because I I don't I don't see also that much people like me doing this stuff, mm. yeah. You know, and and which is valuable because we need we need more variation in that you know to to make these, these developments. But uh, but yeah, I uh, yeah I don't understand half the stuff that happens. But I'm not afraid to just try it out and then you know yeah. we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm very grateful that I have it. Sort of playful yeah. personality and 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 very playful approach to these things, but it's something I don't understand. You know, I don't understand where it comes from or how I I nurture it. And I know mm. what nutritions I need, mm. but I don't know how those nutritions work. You know, then. Mm. But, yeah, but I. Just... But then also when it comes to pride, for instance, I I don't have any problems being a silly silly man, a silly mm. boy, mm. enthusiastic boy. You know, mm. like. There's, you know, there's, there's a part in my documentary when the hexacopter takes off and I scream like a girl. Yeah. <laughs> and I included that. Yeah, right? yeah, of course. You have to. You have to. Yeah. No, but it's so important, yeah, that you kind of, yeah. Yeah. That you're not too professional because that's, <laughs> that's, that's tough. Because this, 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 this is also like, why, why are so many professionals dickheads, you know? This is really interesting too. Sort of pride in profession and and sort of like it's sort of a distance. Is that just mm. because you can't work if you're being too inclusive? Uh, of course, you know you you like the answer in that question already. You know it's it's because they they haven't developed the tools to to share. Yeah, you know, because they you know they grew up in an environment which that's why it's so important that there's people yeah, like you who kind of say okay this is also a possibility because that. You know the people you refer to as dickheads. They they don't want to be dickheads. You know yeah. they really don't want to be dickheads, but they don't have the opportunity because they don't they don't have the skills or the possibilities or the framework or the whatever 
to see these other roads you know and and that's where things what you do uh, are so important because you you make you know you make uh you make a path clear you say okay that's an opportunity if that's possible maybe this is possible too which is actually close to my thing because i don't i don't want to do it like him mm-hmm. but you know this this would fit my needs right and i think these these things are very important and on that note i want to maybe end this podcast all right that's a good idea that's a good idea it was a blast to have you here i'll i'll try to put all the i try to put some stuff in the show notes but i i was uh, forget of course 90 but then people just have to listen to it uh thank you for coming great pleasure it's been a pleasure being here we can do this again maybe in a couple <laughs> of years so we uh so we you know we can look back at at how silly and young we were and and all the stuff we discovered by then and uh, you know, back in 2007 in design school i made a, a movie yeah about uh, yeah sort of designing it was you had to design a designer so and then and it was about me in the future having betrayed all my ideals as yeah. a naive young designer trying to change humanity for good yeah so uh, the movie actually ends up me being in a mental asylum because i have <laughs> betrayed my ideals yet not fully realize it but subconsciously i have realized it and that's driven me to madness so mm. i hope i won't be in that soon yeah but <laughs> i'll come visit you in the madhouse no problem the we'll point was to make there. that movie because <laughs> if i'd made a movie about betraying my ideals it would be too stupid to betray my ideals so yeah. sort of like na- naive young student me yeah. safeguarding myself from, from becoming too much yeah, building in the safe safety uh, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> really nice anyways great to have you here and uh, um well Uh, everybody good night and goodbye good night